Let's get dangerous. Welcome to episode three of Let's Get Dangerous. Good to be back in your ears. You're either listening to me on through your earphones or maybe you have me on louds and you're listening to her just alone at home or with friends and you're all gathered around going, here's the latest episode, let's get dangerous. Let's listen in. Or, um, most likely you're probably listening on earphones, going for a jog or going for a walk or just lying down. Um, most likely they're probably wireless these days, but you could have an old-fashioned pair of uh, earphones with the connection that goes out, aux, aux jack, I think it's called. Um, but um, obviously, not many people have them anymore. They would most likely have the, well, they might be high end with their old AirPods or Apple iPods. Um, or, see, I'm already starting to ramble. Can you believe it? Like, I've I said to myself, I've had a lot of notes of maybe get to the point. My, my father said, maybe stop rambling on so much and just get to the point. Um, and I've already started rambling on. This is, this is what happens. You hit record and then. You just start going on to different tangents, but um, um, so I'm, and I keep have to, I have to stop saying M, you know, because I, I can't really edit the M's out so much, because well I can, but um, on the device I use and the website I use, it's just easier to kind of talk naturally and then let it go to the airwaves. But listen, thanks for joining me this episode. Um, appreciate all the feedback from the previous episodes. I have some corrections straight away I have to talk about that. Um, I mentioned the beer pouring device I use, the physics device, F-I-Z-Z-I-C-K-S. And I said, I think I said the word plural, but it's actually a pun on the word physics and fizz because fizz and beer. That's a pun. Now, that point was pointed out to me by a good friend of mine, uh, Jessica Whelan, another assistant director in the industry, um, film and TV industry. And she's actually kind of inspired me to do a podcast in a way because she started one uh, a good while back with her friend Kira and that's called Storybud. A little shout out to Storybud. Um, so she had a great little podcast there and they talk, talked about stories of their own life and had interviews as well. And so they kind of inspired me to kind of do something myself. So I won't go too, I'll ramble on too much at the start of the episode. Um, so... Thanks for joining me, and we're going to get into all the juicy stuff soon enough. Um, I do have, I'm going to have some of the regular spots on, like facts or fiction, and then I'll have Dan's top 10. Now, in this episode, I will have, um, I've actually interviewed a friend of mine, good friend of mine, he's going to be the first guest in the show, Steve McCredden, and his life was kind of turned upside down three years ago, and when, well, as he says, uh, a bomb went off. Uh, not a literal bomb, more a figurative bomb that uh, he got diagnosed with a brain tumor. So I wanted to talk to him about what he went through. Um, and just because I think it's important these days to realize that life is short and nobody knows when, what's going to happen around the corner. And he was a healthy young lad and he just suddenly, he got a brain tumor. So we'll talk to him. Um, I'll give him a little intro before 
his part. But I do want to actually start a little bit by saying um, I can't get enough. Well, I can get enough of it because I'm just I'm just kind of traumatized with all the what's going on in America at the moment, mainly because of obviously George Floyd, who was tragically murdered. And I say murdered because he was murdered by um, a police officer. And if I watched the New York Times, they did a little video of basically put together the footage from the people who were, were recording nearby and also CCC TV footage. Now, there was no any footage of the body cams that the police officer used, which I'm sure they will hopefully be released at some stage, but he was clearly murdered. And it's actually now start, sparked off so many riots and protests all around um, the world, actually, but mainly America. And now, I was watching the video, it, it is quite traumatic because at the like there was so many times for that officer to, and it wasn't just the one officer, the one officer got arrested for it, but all four officers at one stage where Neen had knees on his body. Um, obviously, the main officer had one knee on his neck, and he kept that knee on the neck all the way. He even in the video, it, like if you don't want to watch it, obviously, because it is quite hard to watch. He he fell like he fell conscious. He lost consciousness, and he still kept the knee on the neck. And it's just it was just harrowing. And um, they say, you know, obviously it's all these protests are happening, and, and I I am a white man, and I can't put myself into what it is like to be a black man in this world today. Um, I thought it was getting a lot easier, but I do think everybody needs to do their own part like it's not so much that you can you say to yourself that uh, yeah i'm not racist i don't do anything i don't do anything racist whatever but you need to call it out too if you see people doing it or hearing it you kind of need to call it out um and that's all we kind of have to do in this world and no it like it, i don't agree so much in the sense of some people are lewd like rioting just for riot, riot and then looting the places, I think, just for doing it. I think it was like a kind of a bottle effect in the sense of all during all this isolation, you know, all these states were kept in doors, people are losing their jobs. And and then this happened and then just kind of sparked more outrage and it just kind of caused this swarm of madness. Now, it's not madness because I think if something like that happened in Ireland, we'd go crazy too. Like if it was... It was out in the world to see that this man was murdered in broad daylight by a police officer, the people who are meant to protect you. And like if something happens and who do you want to you ring the police straight away? Or the Garda. Like if there's a video of a Garda, Shikana, that's what they call in Ireland here. Uh, and one of them, something like that happens. Of course, like we there'll be outrage in this country. There's outrage in this country already for what happened to George Floyd in America. But I can just imagine the outrage that would be and it's happened in this country by a Garda. Um, but I don't think it would. I would really hope not. Um and like the Garda had the Garda the, the sorry, the police officer who um was charged is charged with the murder now. His like record is is up on the screen. He's like 17 complaints, he's involved in like three shootings and one one of them were fatal. And uh, so he had like a bad record as it is. And like I listened to Chris Rock, he said years ago. Well, it was actually I don't know. We it was one of those clips on Twitter, and he said like 
it's not simple. There's an excuse that people say that, oh, there's a few bad apples. A few bad apples in this. It's not all police officers aren't like this. It's just a few bad apples. But you can't say that about, like, um, like pilots. Oh, there's just a few bad apples that like, crashes planes on runway or can't land a plane. You know, um, they wouldn't be in that job because you shouldn't be in that job if you're not there to serve and protect all races, all genders. It's just, and now I do think, as I said, some of them are just right and just a right um, because obviously they're just, maybe they're just sick of being in the house, I'm not sure, but like the peaceful protest, I completely agree with, but, and then now Trump has came out and trying to stop and all the peaceful protests as well. He said he's going to help the peaceful protests, but he, then he put on the National Guard and he's not really helping the peaceful protests because he's actually... Now, there's some of the videos... The, the, if you can go through, like, a rabbit hole of all these videos on Twitter. Like, the goods, the bad. There's so many of them. So, I don't, I don't know. I suggest you do that, but I just wanted to say a little bit about it because obviously it's happening in the world today and it's important to, you know, talk about these things. And obviously we all have to do better in this world um, and just be better people and be just look to each other as friends and comrades and uh, help each other get through life. So I don't want to keep going on because it's not, it's one of those, <laughs> actually, I, it's not like I don't want to keep going on. It's I can talk for hours probably about it, but I do want to, this podcast to be a bit lighthearted and stuff. And now I know I have a friend on there who's went through a harrowing, harrowing experience himself and um, getting diagnosed with a tumor. But so it's just different aspects you're going to get with Let's Get Down. It's not all going to be light and hearted. I'm going to try to get all that in, obviously, some lightheartedness in it. But it's not, it's just going to be talking about the world life and stuff that's happening in the news right now and that is in the news so we don't know where it's going to go and i do think all four officers should be charged not just the one because it's not just it was all four at one stage and need them and also he was down he he was getting arrested because supposedly he used a um a counterfeit bill in a shop now in the video if he knew he used a counterfeit bill, wouldn't he just drive off? He actually didn't drive off, though. He, like Because the owners of the shop came over to say wanted to get the smokes back because he used the counterfeit bill. Now, he could have used that counterfeit bill, but by accident, he could have got it himself through a transaction or buying something in the shop. And that's like somebody else brought up. Um, I can't quote the person who brought it up, but I read it as well on Twitter that like white privilege is like um, this man... A white man, he got arrested. Oh, he he got in trouble for using a counterfeit bill. George Floyd got in trouble for using a counterfeit bill. He was murdered. A man with two kids, he was murdered for using a counterfeit bill. While the other gentleman, the white man, he uses that as an anecdote at dinner parties. Like a story that he tells, like, oh, I nearly got in trouble for using a counterfeit bill. There's, that's like, there's white privilege there for you. But anyway, that's... That's a little bit about what's happening in America. And um, thanks again for everybody listening in and listening to me talk about it. If anybody wants to talk about it more, should get in touch. And, and if I've offended anybody, I'm sorry, but I don't think I have. Um, and last week, I did go on a bit too much about Bulgaria. 
I did notice that, sorry. And the Bulgarian listener did not get in touch yet, so I'm hoping he still get in touch. But I've I'm gone now to a few other regions, like the United States are listening in to, finally. Uh the UK, Denmark, Germany. So I'm in a good few regions now. So I'm delighted to hear. I'm delighted people are listening in. So thanks for that. And so that's the introduction to this episode. And we'll have our some usual stuff and we'll have our uh, talk with Steve coming up shortly. He'd be delighted to know and he'd be happy to realise that he's the first guest on Let's Get Dangerous, Steve McCredden. I forgot to mention that to him in the interview, but as I said at the start of the show, Steve went through something quite traumatic three years ago when he was diagnosed with a brain tumour. And I wanted to talk to him and get him on the podcast because I think it's important for him to tell his story in the sense of, you know, it could happen to any any like it's cancer or tumors or a lot of diseases they don't they don't uh, they, they, they don't decide on who they're going to affect it could happen to anybody so it's important to realize that you know you do need to live life as much as you can and live in the moment because anything can happen at any time he's a healthy man he's a young man he never smoked he loved a cigar or two and he drank a bit of beer and whiskey the other time but he was uh, quite healthy and obviously he works in a job, sat in front of a computer quite a lot and then suddenly this happened to him and it could happen to anybody. The healthiest man in the world could get something like this. Um, so it's important to kind of address it and listen to his story. Um, I did record it already and I listened back to a bit of it. So he comes in out perfectly. You can hear him perfect. Now, for some reason, I'm a bit low. You can't hear me quite well in it, um, but you can. But it's mainly about him anyway, so you're probably sick of listening to my voice anyway. So maybe it's a nice change of pace that we'll be listening to Steve for the next while and as he tells the story of what he went through recently. And he's a good friend of mine. We met in college the first time, uh, first day in college, I went up to him um, and I said, oh, how you doing? Um, what's your favourite film, I think I said. And, he, oh, and I said, Godfather. And he said, What's good? Mine's, my, one of my film, favorite films is Godfather. And then that was it. We were friends ever since. And we were kind of inseparable in college. And we were friends after college. And uh, we get we talk every day. And, well, maybe not every day. I'm probably exaggerating quite a bit there. But we definitely talk quite a bit. And he's I'm still in touch with a good few people from college, but he's the main one that I'm always in touch with. And he's going to be a friend for life, and he is a friend for life. And I just wanted to talk to him. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Stephen McCredden. Testing, testing. It's Steve McCredden, are you there? I can indeed, and I am. I can hear you well, loud and clear, baby, Dana. Good stuff, baby. Now, I should tell all my listeners here that Steve, I get to call baby, and he calls me baby. He's probably the only friend or fellow friend that I'm able to call baby and will not will allow me to call him baby and won't disown me. Now, there's a reason for that, obviously, because there's a film that me and Steve are big fans of, and I won't tell you the film, so I'll let you just guess the film, but basically the main character calls his best friend baby. Mm-hmm. And Steve is one of my closest friends, and he has been since college. 
Um, I'll do a little intro for you beforehand, Steve. But basically, I just want the I want people to hear your story because I think it's an important story at this time. Um, because well, not just at this time because of the pandemic, but in general, because as everybody knows, you only get one chance at life, and anything can happen at any given time. And True. back when it did happen to you, so. Um, without further ado, I want you to go through what happened to you, Steve, three years ago. Oh, okay, Dan. No pressure. Thanks a million. <laughs> uh, ironically, you know me, I like to be behind the camera, not smack in front of it, but I'll give it my best. Uh, yeah, I, I suppose you're right with regards to just uh, life. It can come out of nowhere, um, and it's always the unexpected, sudden things, like uh, your mother, God bless her you know, beautiful lady and just something came out of nowhere. But um, with regards to myself, uh, I suppose just to kick it off, three years ago, uh, the bomb went off, is how I refer to it. Um, And that was being diagnosed and then began uh, a snowball of treatments, etc. due to a brain tumour. Yeah. And like, I wanted to kind of go through because I know this, you can correct me completely on mm. this, but I know you had a bit of, you were getting headaches at the time, and um, mm. didn't really know what it was. But the one thing that really impacted was you were shooting at the time with your brother, um, mm. and you had a shotgun in your hand. Now, this is why it sounds, I probably glorified it in my own head, but I thought it was, you had a shotgun in your hand, and you turned around to your brother and his friends, and just stared at them, and you had the shotgun live, obviously. And they got Steve. Why are you doing this? And you weren't responding to them. Yeah, let, let's just clear that out, man. Okay, the, okay. the weapon was not live; it was all safe. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, like, I, oh, basically, to try and keep it succinct, yeah. I um, I was working in web design and graphic design at the time, mm-hmm. and because it was for a startup company and it was all fashion related, I was just giving it, you know, two hundred percent long hours, etc., and staring at the screen all day and what have you, and I was noticing headaches. And over the course of, when I look back, I think, I'm not actually 100% sure, I think, though, could be over two years of headaches that were getting worse and worse and a little more consistent, but I just mm. thought it was pressure. Yeah. And for a chunk of time before I was diagnosed, I was getting sincere, almost what I thought were migraines. Now, my sister, she suffers from migraines, and she did, but it was actually dietary. And I thought, am I just under stress or what have you? But I was going to the pharmacy, and I was getting, I can't remember the name of what it is across the table, but the best, strongest painkillers you could get, I would take them for it had two sort of sides it was headaches slash vomitus i would only ever take it for the headache yeah and then i'd be fine and i was like oh okay must be stress whatever whatever yeah on the computer screen all day you know naturally think that you're always uh, yeah Mm. and i I, and there was just the business as well and some clients and all the rest of that but it was just getting worse and worse and then what happened was i remember the first time of what i would in a vertical blacking out yeah. was, you know me, I'm an addict for a good coffee. And I was with Magda, my girlfriend at the time, now my wife. I come back to why she's the wife now, maybe <laughs> later on. But uh, we were out having a walk in town before the cinema. And I remember I was in one area and I go downstairs in Temple Bar to one of the pop-ups that's near IFI. 
and then I have the coffee in my hand, yeah. and I'm like, you don't remember? Okay, I don't remember. I don't know if I was just sort of daydreaming and mm. Magda ordered and put it in my hand or whatever. And I was like, wow, that's weird. Yeah. And a few more times it happened of I was out jogging with Magda and we were doing this sort of start stoppy kind of thing. Mm. And I remember one time she ran up to me and she's like, why didn't you stop? And I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, I was calling you for about two minutes. And you, you were not stopping. And I was like, wow, okay. So fast forward to your one. Um, I was introduced to clay pigeon uh, shooting by my brother. And we were out one summer afternoon with a friend in the club. And it was very quiet and calm. And I'm just shooting away. Everything is great. I'm enjoying life. And then next thing I know, let's say I'm at stand two. I'm suddenly at stand four and I don't really remember going from two to four. Yeah. And I noticed a bit of a weird energy from not my brother. My brother can be quite a calm guy, but our uh, friend, uh, oh, he'll kill me that I can't remember his name, Adrian. And Adrian, I just felt a a bad energy from Adrian. And then we were finishing because it was that and then down stand five. And Mm. that was it. Adios, amigos. And I just remember going to Graham and I said, Graham, uh, bro, I feel something weird here. And he's like, do you not know what happened? And I was like, no. And he goes, okay, well, we were at stand two or three. I'm not sure. And basically we said, call, shoot. And you just, it's like you weren't there. And you turn around to me. I took the weapon off you. I unloaded it or discharged it, but you just looked like you were... Sound out. Sound out, exactly. That's the perfect way to describe it, Dan. And I was like, for how long? He said, well, we sat you down at this uh, table not too far from us. You were like that for about five, ten minutes nearly. Something in around that, if I remember correctly. And I was just like, wow. It's a scary thought, isn't it? Yeah. It was a... and I was just like, oh, my God, okay. And, and I actually had driven Graham. I had picked him up. And he was like, do you want me to drive home? And I was like, no, I'm okay. And we <laughs> have a probably, coffee and I drive home. Now, now yeah. I swear to God, I, I should hit myself for that one. Yeah, but, it's um, crazy. You, like, uh, sorry to interrupt you. No, but no, yeah. You were in a car crash as well before this. But remember you said that suddenly you were in front of a car. Now, this, this might have not been... Yeah, related to the bomb, if you. But I remember you telling me that suddenly you were like the car stopped in front of you, and then there was just a little bit of a pile up, and obviously you were safe and sound. But um, and th- that case it probably wasn't the bomb, but it that could have well happened very easily. Because yeah. After this, but sorry, go ahead. No, 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 no. Apologies. Possibly it is because I remember talking to the doctors about this, and they said, oh. "Look, that." That quite possibly could be. But again, it's like, as I said to you, I'm awake and I'm focusing and I'm doing something. And then next thing, I could be doing something else completely. And I'm like, wait, what just happened? And that's what happened. And I honestly can't remember the amounts, but I think it was six times that I, I, I kind of Black look deck. back and yeah. I remember, oh, maybe this was one of those. So anyway, when this happens with, Okay, Your granted. Yeah. yeah, this happens with a brother and a friend. It happens in an area where we are 100% safe about one of my enjoying, especially it's summer. Uh, yeah. You get away from stress. Clay Pigeon, it's, it's a great thing if, you can, if you're lucky enough to become a member of one of the clubs, right? Yeah. I was like, I don't like the fact 
just just on the off chance that something terrible could happen to anybody, I need to go to a doctor and ask about this. Of course, sir. So I went to my local in Terranur, mm-hmm. uh, Dr. George Joyce. He well deserves the promotion or the, sure. the, the <laughs> shout out cheer. Yeah. I went and I explained everything and he told me um, that sounds like it could be uh, ep- epilepsy. So yeah. those those different kind of uh, cases like, of like just... A, like a little seizure. Exactly, yeah. exactly. But let's send you for an MRI, Steve. And I was like, okay, fine. Yeah. And I swear to God, I can't remember the date, but I actually have a photograph and uh, I'll find it and I'll text you the date. Mm. I took a photograph outside MRI on South Circular Road, yeah. went in with Magda, and I'll never forget, went, the two uh, team members that were looking after me, no problem, did that. And then there was just this weird kind of coolness mm. and i was like thank you know me i mean i'd be thankful and gratitude towards just doing a, your job and shaking a hand thanks a million magda and i go off to treat ourselves for a little bit of brunch before she goes back to work and this is when i was working i had actually left uh the job that i had been in because that company had gone and i was working uh for freddie fashion and mm. it was a great gig that i had it was part-time so i could invest time into filmmaking and photography you know they're my babies um so it was a friday and i'm off next thing i know we go for having lunch magda parts ways nice day i'm gonna walk a little bit yeah i go to get on the bus and before i get on the bus so you're talking about maybe honestly i think it's about an hour and a half after my mri i get out that door Mm. i have dr george joyce calling me Stephen. hi how are you Stephen? those results are not good and I was just like, Jamie, oh, okay. And he, says, not, and he actually rang you on the phone. He, the rang, he rang me on the phone. I'm not joking you. Within about 90, no more than one hour 40. We're talking proper 1980s rom-com running time here. He is just, <laughs> boom, not two hours. I remember like just thinking, wow, why am I getting a call? Yeah. And he says, Stephen, this is not good. He said, Stephen, uh, you have a very, you've got a large uh, growth here. Like it could be, a brain tumor. He said, I don't know, but I don't like to wait around. He said, what are you up to? And I said, well, I actually don't work on Fridays. That's my own time. And he yeah. said, right, can you come to me? Um, I have to give you paperwork. And I think, I don't know if you're going to get seen today, but let's not wait around. I want to send you to Beaumont. Now, yeah. I was like, oh, okay. And he said, oh, by the way, you drive, do you? And I said, yeah. He's like, actually, no, I'm, I'm not lying, but this is me and my memory. I uh, I go home. Yeah. I drive down to the doctor. I go in and he says, Stephen, it could be a brain tumor. It's a it's quite a large growth. It's actually six centimeters. Now, or eight actually centimeters. Sorry, and I I'm like I I don't understand centimeters. Vita had told me inches. I don't understood, but I was just like I don't know what that is, but that don't seem like it's good. No. And he basically. He, he, I remember he gives me a wad, okay? Like, you know, you're the size of a, a little, one of those medium-size uh, yearly calendars. Yeah. He gives me a wad of an envelope with that. He's like, there's paperwork and there's everything. Go to M, uh, A&E in Beaumont. Jane. They might take you in today. They might not. But he said, Steve, I don't like waiting around and I certainly don't want to wait around with this. And I was just like, uh, oh, uh, okay, Um was Magda, like, was Magda still with you at this stage? Or are we on your own yeah, getting all this new? Mag, sorry, 
my, I'm on my I'm on my own. And actually, yeah. what I was told was, sorry, you see, this is me and my memory. My memory has gone to absolute diddly, diddly squat. But I, yeah. he actually told me, Stephen, can you come in to me today? The results are not great and I, we yeah. need to discuss it. So when I went into him, he then says to me, it's a brain tumour and uh, I'm sending you in. Mm. And I'm just like, no, I'm actually forgetting that. What happened was he said, come to me. Yeah. Magda was stuck in work. I rang Magda. I tried to ring Magda. And when she finally answered, I said, Magda, I'm after being told that this is really bad and I have some growth or something here. Um, and she's like, what? She was just like shocked, like yeah, a course. grenade yeah. going off. And she's like, okay, I don't know. Her office accountancy firm, it's busy, busy, busy. She's like, okay, I'll see if I can get out, but go to George and see what he says. When I go to George, that's when George has the wad of paperwork. Mm. He says to me, Steve, go to Beaumont. And I'm like, okay. And Beaumont for me, I couldn't even tell you where Beaumont was. I just know that we had a hospital called Beaumont. Yeah, of course. Somewhere in Dublin. Mm. And um, he said, Stephen, you drive, don't you? I said, yeah. He said, how'd you get here? I said, I drove. He said, Steve, don't drive. Cut that off right now. Can you get there? Can, can someone bring you? And I was like, yeah, I guess so. My poor, my, yeah, yeah, terrifying. Man. Like, he, I just drove down to him because I, I was already in the car. So I was like, yeah. why won't I drive down? And then you're told these things. And that is, you know, then you start thinking about the whole blacking out business. Um, I basically then said, right, uh, I'll call my dad. So I call my dad, who is retired at the time. Um, I'm like, dad, uh, look, I have something serious here and I need to go to a uh, hospital. I'll, I'll explain it to you. But could you give me a lift? Mm. And he's like, yes, yeah, son, OK. And I'll never forget this. He says to me, like, is this a, an emergency? I was like, no, no, but I need to go today. He's like, right, I need to just eat something and I'll come to you. I'll be there in about, say, an hour. And I was like, okay. You should I have think... said there was an emergency. No, no, I, no. Like, I told him it was an emergency, but not like, I don't know what he's up to and I don't want to, yeah, fo- yeah. like, if the man is about to eat his lunch or whatever he was doing. <laughs> See, this he, is a nice guy. This is a nice convenience. Uh, right? But I swear to God. Yeah. 17 minutes later, if that, my dad calls me because we live about 60 feet off the road. He's like, open the gate. I'm like, uh, I thought he's like, open the gate. I'm like, all right. Comes down. He said, come on, we're not waiting around. So I go, come in here, dad. I sit my down, my own dad down. And I never forget the face. And I said, dad, I, I've been told that I have a brain tumor. Um, and we need to go to Beaumont and we just don't know what is about to happen here. And he's like, I can see my dad's face. It actually reminds me of when mom passed away. It's just, it was like blank. Mm. Um, and he was like, you know, your your body would be just saying, I don't know what to say here. And yeah. then he just looks at me. He's like, come on, son, let's get in this car. Let's go. Yeah, My dad and I spent yeah. the best part of about 10 hours there waiting. I had to be, because they were going to take bloods. And me being typical man, I didn't want to tell anyone. Yeah. I'm on the phone off and off with Magda because, again, I don't know, am I going to be in hospital or not? Mm. And uh, I tell my sister because she keeps asking about what's going on. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, and I called her back and said, look, I'm after being told X, Y, and Z. And I'm waiting to be seen. And she's like, oh, my God, why couldn't you tell us that you, you know, headaches or whatever? I was like, because ah, I just thought everything was grand. Of course. yeah, yeah like, I'm like, yeah. But, but me, right? I'm like a little 10-year-old. I'm like, don't tell my brother. Though. <laughs> I don't and, want to uh, 
yeah. And then later that night, about 10 o'clock, I'll never forget seeing my brother and my sister coming in to MR or uh, A&E. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, God. And I was like, I told you not to tell him, but it was just, it was beautiful to see him. Yeah, and then Mag- Magda and I are on and off all day because it's, will I come, won't I? Will, will, they, will you get them to collect me or not? And my kind of thing would be, well, I don't, not that I don't want to waste people's time, but I don't know what's going to happen. So I don't want to tell you to be here or be there. Were you still in the queue at this stage or did you just, uh, were you in and dug oh, no, no, no. At this stage, basically, I was brought in when in about an hour, I was sort of, I got a little tag and I, I yeah. was told, look, because of different things that are going on and because it was actually a surgery day, yeah. You just basically have to wait until the... Um, and, this is, and this is when you find, you meet your saviour. Uh, you always were impressed that I remembered his name, Dunica. Oh, fair play to you. <laughs> yeah. No, because Dunica and the team and, and, and whoever else is, is doing surgery, etc. Yeah. Fridays, I think, is a day for them. Mm. And uh, so I just had to wait. And I, I didn't meet Dunica just yet now, but okay. I, we were brought in. Mm. And I think it was about 10 o'clock at night. And at this stage, Mag- I was basically, uh, I-, I hadn't actually met Donica yet. No, Donica was the following morning, but it was a member of the team. He comes in, he's like, yeah, uh, this has been looked at by Donica O'Brien. Mm. He'll be looking after you. Um, he's actually, you know, dealing with something else now. And he's like, I need to take your bloods. You are going to be in hus- brought in to the hospital today. Because this is really, this is big and we need to look at what we're going to do. And I was like, uh, okay, I'm waiting about, I'm not joking, seven hours or something just to find out that. Yeah. And I'll never forget this guy. He takes my bloods. It was like getting a knife in the wrist of my arm. I passed out and I honestly <laughs> thought I had already gotten the surgery and everything. I wake up and I grab this man with a needle in me. <laughs> and he's like, I'm like, is everything okay? And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You just passed out there. He's like, well, I'm sorry. I actually have to go at you again because you, you didn't actually let me get the blood there. And I was like, oh my God, okay. I never heard that part. I gave, <laughs> oh yeah, well I gave that and then I was brought upstairs and I, had, I was brought to some, I, because it was just, you know, get a bed in here. Magda at this stage had been collected and brought in and I'm talking to Magda and it's like half ten at night. And then I was like, okay, I'll see you in the morning. And then the, the journey got like, that's the kickoff day of the journey. And it was just, it was shocking. I know. Uh, well, I'll tell you what, when, when you rang me and told me, um, I, think, I don't know when your timeline would be, but you were in Beaumont at this stage. You hadn't had your first surgery. Mm. I think it was, I think you were one day in there overnight, so it might have been the next day you told me. And I think you texted it to me at first, and I, I read it, and I actually got shivers reading it, and I, te- I rang you straight away because yeah, I never forget it. And I just said, "Where are you? I'm coming in," and I came in yeah. straight away. But like I got scared for you, and I know you're going through it, but I was I was quite upset at the time because I just I had all these visions of our future. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And you, you're always in my future. So, and that's that you had something serious that this is quite like it needs to be acted on straight away. And um, you need to have this brain brain operation, brain surgery. Um, excuse my not correct terms, but um, so 
this is we'll, we'll keep on with the story so basically you will start from your first procedure i remember actually going to the meeting you in the hospital <laughs> after no it was before the surgery yeah i remember <laughs> you were waiting in the waiting room with your sister and your dad um actually you came downstairs you were sick of being in your room i think yeah you were just kind of and then we sat and we talked and i joked a bit about because you were so good with accents and I said, <laughs> what if you wake up from your surgery um just to, i just tried to lighten the humor and said, yeah what if when you wake up from your first surgery and you just give them a South african accent <laughs> so <laughs> and i'll never forget saying to you then i said you know what it would not be the worst thing in the world if I woke up <laughs> and I was South African. I love that accent, you know, my bro. That is actually why I call many brews brews because brew is it's got a lot of passion in that word. <laughs> now, now I don't really want to listen in, or not listen no, live in for... South Africa. Yeah, but more. I I just love that along with many other accents, man. Don't t- I'll tell you, forget about illness. I'll just start cracking in accents all day if you give me a chance. I know. You yeah. know that we'll, we'll get to that eventually, and I'll, <laughs> I'll have it on regularly so you can do some different action from Steve. <laughs> Yo, man, you know me, I'm an addict for them. Oh, um, um, so so I, you... I kind of felt good because I kind of lightened the humour just to, I made you laugh, obviously. Your dad laughed and it was just kind of lightened the humour at the time. But obviously you were going through something big and it's important. So, um, so yeah, so you had your first surgery. Yeah, um, like, or do I you mean... want to talk to us a bit about before the surgery or do you want to just go straight in? I, well, look, I mean... Uh, like, I, go on, were go you on. like so? When you obviously they told you, Donica said he needed to act straight away. Um, yeah, and they gave uh, you an option to either remove it straight away, well, go in there and try to remove as much as of it as they can, and then play for a year, or did they kind of give you the whole map out of the plan that they wanted to do right there and then? No, it, was, it, it was it was like, um. Oh, and you see, this is the other thing too. I'll I'll keep yeah. saying it, and you know better than others. Yeah. I, my, like the side effects of everything that will occur or, or has. Yeah. My memory, I took it for granted how good my visual and my memory was. I didn't I have to think, and I could remember yeah. something. Now, like thank the Lord Jesus, right, that mm. your name is Dan, and I met you over a decade ago. Because there's a strong chance I won't remember it. And praise the Lord Jesus that Miles has one of the coolest names in the world. Because <laughs> Miles, I see him. He's cute as anything. He's a great name. He makes me think of Miles Davis. And I'm like, Miles, I will never forget your name. If you had called him Johnny Jojo, I probably would have forgot that. <laughs> but I will not well, forget Miles. Right? It has to be oh, well, like that's pretty, unique. That's nice. um, yeah. Or like... Because I remember you telling me the first surgery, like it terrified me. The the because I was in the room when Donica was kind of mapping out these things. And yeah. I, um, he said, "Listen, there's a high chance that you'll where we're acting on is quite close to the language center, so you may not oh. be able to speak." Um, yeah. after it, um, obviously they have to tell you all this thing. Like even if you go in for a second toenail removal, they may say you may die. So I know mm. they have to kind of they have to say the worst, but like because. It was something so severe as a brain tumor. It it is kind of straight away you're going, you're thinking the worst. But uh, you you were a positive person before this, and you still are, um, which is great. And I think that's helped honestly. I do think that does help with healing. And you know, if you put think good things out in the world, or if if you have positive thoughts and energy towards getting better, you will get better. So, so that fourth surgery happened, and. 
I think it went well, didn't it? Or, or yeah, uh, the, it, the, the first they, they surgery... They got nearly every bit of it for a little bit. Well, is that my understanding? Yeah, well, look, that's how I felt. I, to try and keep it succinct, right? They yeah. were... I Like, MRI was like being an addict for coffee when I was in Beaumont. Yep. Because every day, there was another MRI with something else. We're going to do this, this other tester... They had to die. They had to basically test your memory and your skills today, pre-surgery, to see what it's going to be like yeah. after surgery and all this sort of stuff. Like I was two yeah. and a half weeks in Beaumont. It was like I was living there. Um, yeah. But know. with regards, you to made friends. One, all here. Oh, made, made made friends. Yeah, it was. Oh, it was. It was <laughs> gas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there was a real. They're all getting brain tumors, or they're all getting brain surgery, weren't they? It was in that yes. section. Mo- yeah. Most were, and uh, some would be getting something else. But it's just there ends up being this like this solidarity of we're all here. We don't want to be, and yeah, it was nice. And there was one man as well that I I would love to actually mention. His name was Con. Yeah. And um, his 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 full name was Cornelius, but his name was Con, and he was oh. tall. And he had such a beautiful warmth to him. God bless him. I believe Khan passed away about a year and a half ago. And he had a really like dead center in his brain. And he was older. And he was he told me that his story that it was just crazy. And Donica was looking after him. And I was like, if Donica went in and helped this man, then I trust Donica. Um, but also just his his he was so powerful after brain surgery and a beautiful energy and he was up walking and smiling and talking he yeah. just made everyone feel positive he sincerely go, helped me about, get through that and i, I he uh, i i dread i actually it upsets me sometimes when i think about we stayed in touch after everything and um we were very regular and then he started going downhill and when I talked to him last, he was saying that he actually had basically gone blind. Oh. And then I tried to call him again months later. <clears throat> and God bless him, I wasn't getting an answer and I kept trying. And then I found out by searching on him that he had passed. Um, and because I wasn't legally allowed to drive, because mm. I had gone under that surgery, yeah. I, I had to be one year clear of no, basically... Um, uh, blackouts yeah i couldn't get to him beforehand i could like or tr- and also just everything i was going through i thought oh, i'll do it after and i never got to see him again once we parted ways but we were in touch but he he helped me sincerely get through and for that he was a gent yeah um I remember I get I got in trouble by Magda by sneaking an ice cream into you. <laughs> yeah, because oh, she's that's another thing. I've gone vegan because I, I, I limit the amount of sugar and all this thing. And I was an absolute slut for sugar. I was going to tell the listeners, yeah, like you were had such a sweet tooth. Oh yeah, massively. And now uh, you're like you're a whole different person. Oh no, my my body's a temple, Google, man. Yeah. I only put good stuff in there. <laughs> but it's just ironic, I, you know. It's funny that when you start to actually go and learn about uh, vegan, yeah. there are great recipes that are spectacular. It's 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 just no, you got to just try them. No, it's uh, meatarian. I'm a meatarian. I know you like, are. Yeah, 
the more meat, the better. Like if you could just you're like your wife or your wife to be, God bless her, and the poor mother of Miles Nadine has to put up with a fella who won't talk about any sort of veg, barely. And no, or, I like some on, veg. Yeah, exactly. Let's, some there's a few. Me. I should have I should have spoken you. to Nadine before getting this phone call, so I'd know exactly what ones are allowed onto a Dan plate. Yeah. But um, you know, so uh, we'll so yeah. Surgery one was done, and you had to go back in because they couldn't get it all. For oh yeah, okay. So just to keep it really succinct, sorry. And um, yeah. surgery one, you're told about 101 different things. Yeah. I had exceptionally long hair because I'm an absolute addict for it. Mm. Um, and I was asked, "Will we shave only just side off that we need, or all of it?" And I was like, "Get rid of all of it." Yeah. I w- I wake up and only like one third of my hair was gone. I'm like, guys, why do you not get rid of all of it? And I was never given an answer. I reckon it was like Shagger. We're not wasting time on him. Just take off the bit that we need to. I looked like a psycho for about a month <laughs> until I was able to shave it all off. But um, round one, they went in. And I think they got the best part of 70%. After yeah. round one, I'll never forget it. I was completely out of it for about two and a half, three days after surgery. Like, yeah. I can't remember what's going on. I tried. To, I was told I had to try and eat. I remember trying to eat breakfast and I was just eating cornflakes and I couldn't get them into my mouth, you yeah. know, things like that. Um, but I also remember waking up after round one and my father and my brother were looking at me. Jane. And my dad was just there and I know I could see him. I know, I think I might've tried to communicate but I'm not sure. Magda told me that she came in and I was sort of out of it, but I didn't, or I don't visually remember her. And then another friend of mine, um, Rob, Rob Matthews, who were going back to secondary school, he, I think, was sitting there holding my hand after a day of it. And I can very vaguely remember this. But mm. anyway, they got about 70% off and all you would hear is, no, positive, positive, positive. Yeah. But, um, yeah, no, I remember it being positive. It was yeah. got a good bit of it and they got more than they thought they were going to get. And, um, and, all, and also all the side effects that they, they tell you, look, X, Y and Z might happen. I wake up and I think, no, I think I am still sort of there. Yeah. But I looked crazy. I looked like I was in the middle of a, like a serious horror battle <laughs> and I'm afterwards and I've got, oh, I'm not even going to try and describe it, man. I just looked yeah. like an, a crazy man. Um, I don't like, yeah, you mentioned sorry. it already. You mentioned it already about how much you loved your hair, but <sighs> honestly, you really loved your hair. Like this man, uh, I have a picture of him, and his hair is down to. I think he want he wanted to look like. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong here. Go on, Tom Cruise from La- the last Samurai. Time. Yeah, <laughs> man, it changed my life. I I always had wanted longer hair when I was a kid and I was not allowed. Like, we're talking about, you know, yourself, mid-90s. It's three on the back and side, trim on top, son. That's all you're getting. I'm like, okay, Doc. (laughs) And then I got to a certain age and I was like, feck this. I want to have, like, medium-length hair. And then when it started growing, I'll never forget seeing Last Samurai. And I was like, I think I should go longer. And then I started going longer. But then I just couldn't stop and I kept going. You see, there's another reason why your mom and I had a great connection. That woman cherished my hair and I cherished hers. I absolutely <laughs> adored her from the day that I met her. She was like, God, your hair's still. I was like, thanks. Yeah, I know. It's, she it's, loved it's great, she loved, isn't it? Loved, 
yeah, she loved a man with long hair, I have to say. Yeah. We used to take the mickey out of you because you loved keeping everything short. <laughs> and she's like, could you not do it like a little bit like this, Dan? I'm like, look, he's well, not, he's not going to do it. I've, I'm losing my hair, as you know. So you basically went through two brain surgeries, chemo, radiation, and you have more hair than me. I know. <laughs> and I have this, I have this dodgy little side that like is real squiggly. Oh, look, I'll come back to that. Sorry. Yeah, so we're, round we're one, jumping right? ahead to, we're jumping ahead. I know, but, uh, yeah. So um, basically, so second surgery. Okay, so get the rest was it? Yeah, basically, I was told, look, that went well, but they have to wait for all these colors and dyes and everything to get out. And because I, I thought you go in and that's it. And I remember waiting for the first one. Yeah. And I, I, I kind of was okay with it. And then the 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 moment of when they're gonna uh, knock you out, I can't remember what the name is for that. It, that it was surreal, but I remember Donica would be very kind of like dry and straight, but he was really loving, yeah. um, and very caring. And he's like, "Yeah, no, okay." And you're just there, and then, and then next thing you know, you're waking up. But for me, I'm waking up. Okay, maybe on that day, that evening, I meet yeah. my, my dad and Graham. They were there to visit me, but for me, actually being awake, it's two and a half uh, days later. Fast forward a couple of days, I was told, Stephen, there's a good chance you're going to go home and then come back because we want to go again. And I was like, what? I thought I was done. And then Donica goes, yeah, no, you have to be safe rather than sorry. I went in. Oh, there's actually one big thing I forgot to tell you. I was told initially they were going to keep me awake for the surgery. (gasps) Oh, Jesus, I don't remember that part. That really? terrif- yeah, oh, that terrified, oh. and I know you don't like cursing, but that terrified the living no, S H I T out of me. Yeah. I have to be awake. They are gonna do kind of like you know uh, origami, and they're gonna be testing your response to things whilst you're wide awake and you can't see it, but your head is being worked on. I was like, please God, please God, please God. Donica comes to me and he goes, look, um. It's about three to four millimeters away from where your brain or your memory and your sight or just a huge amount of things could be lost if we don't. He's like, it's about three or four mil. That's enough. We're going to put we're going to we're going to put you down. I was like, that's enough. (laughs) I I nearly shat myself. I'm like, okay. But the flip side is you're going to go asleep. So you're not going to have to be wide awake with this. After all the tests, they go, let's go for that. So we fast forward. They had taken out, I believe, I think 69%. Um, and I'm like, okay. And he's like, I want to go again. And I was like, I oh, know what now? What do you mean we have to go again? He's like, I think we can get more out and I think it'd be better. Basically, I believe the whole thing with regards to surgeries and treatments is you take out as much as you can and then you do the rest. If you can't yeah. take it all out, that's where you go with the surgery bit or the treatments. And I was like, oh my God, okay. And uh, I never forget it that uh, I actually met a young man, uh, Brian, who we are still in touch with because it's 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 unusual. The brain tumor is an unusual thing. Um, and there's so many different versions of it. I can't even tell you what I have or had because the, the name is like 13 letters. Um, yeah, I remember you kept, you kept, obviously when you got this news, I remember Magda was angry at you and I was angry at you. You kept looking up stuff on Google. You kept yeah. Oh, yeah, I feel anything you could do with brain tumors. It's like, don't scare yourself. Uh, yeah, and, and you find out the worst thing. And, and know. you know me, we're filmmakers. I yeah. start seeing 
the drama element to this, I start seeing the horror of it. I'm 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 shitting myself, and then yeah. I have to go. No wait, stop. Um, but so for round two, he goes, Steve, we're going to go again. But you can go home and probably come back in maybe two weeks to a month. And I was like, oh my god, I have to sit around and wait, and I'll never forget this. I think it was a day or two later. He goes, actually, Steve, we have because they don't know how you're going to be. I remember him comes to me and he says, Steve, you actually are doing really well. Yeah. And uh, well, that's that's that's, that's, that's like another reason yeah. that's kind of scary because like you were a healthy person, you never smoked, you never really drank, you had a, a cigar. That was oh man, you know, thing. you know, I was addicted to the cigars at that stage. Cigars, there's photographs. Talk of, about the cigars. Oh, there's photographs of us talking, like talking and having a little, little wine and a cigar, and we're about nineteen. I knew I should that. have robbed the cigars. No, you're never going to stop talking about cigars. No, no, no. You're grand. Look, it's business we'll time. It's business time. I promise you that. Okay. <laughs> I know you know where I live, so that's why I'm going to be a good boy for you, <laughs> Basically, he told no. me, uh, you've actually come back very well and quickly. Yeah. He's like, also, you're youth. So let's go uh, mm. for round two right now in two days. And I was just like, okay, because then I don't have to go home or, you know, wherever. Round two was much harder for me um, than one because, like, you wake up round one, your head is covered in, like, this goo and it's swollen and you just look weird. And I'll never forget, they put this purple mark on my side and I still have the photo and I'm smiling. Yeah. And uh, my long hair, the last time that I had it, full length, full width. Mm. Um. I, I just, you're out of it and you look, you just look weird, just weird. And I know it's not that it's weird. It's more just that you're just surreal. Yeah. And I remember, I, I don't know, if, it must have been after the second one then when we met up for the first time after surgeries in mm. town and you were quite swollen then. You were wearing a hat at the time. Oh, yeah. Was that after the second surgery? Was That it? was after it, yeah. Okay. So, I, remember, I remember you warning me basically saying, listen, I'm going to have, I'm going to be quite swollen on one side. And it, mm. it did shock me. I, I didn't, I hope you didn't see me act up mm. when I met you. And I was like, oh, but in my head, no. I, was like, oh. I did like, go, Janie, that is quite, um, like, that is, it's quite significant. But obviously it was all just swelling and it will go down. Yeah. Uh, so No, uh, but, but look, with regards to round two, yeah, it actually terrified me more because I made it and I survived after round one. Now I have to go down again because you have to be told, sorry, yeah. we're going to do X, Y, and Z. There are slight percentages, like we're talking about one out of, like 1%. Uh, no one has passed away, but 1% might have gotten like serious uh, memory or movement issues that took years to, excuse me, fix or whatever. Yeah. Again, as you said, they have to inform you of these things. Of course, sir. Totally. Understood, understood. I go in for round two. I am absolutely terrified. And I never forget, because it's funny, where you go in for a surgery, the hospital is so big, right? And the hospital, it's like living, we're talking about April or no, earlier in the, the year. But it's cold, right? In yeah. the hospital, you're going around as, as you would be today in a t-shirt and a pair of uh, shorts. It's sweating. It's unreal. Yeah. Down in treatments, though, it's in the basement level and it's much colder. And I know why. But it's really cold. You're wait not cold, cool. You're waiting to go in and then they bring you into a room 
that's like it's tiny mm. and you can't see it's it's like um it's like a security level in an airport right now it's not but what i mean by that is is that you've got this little section where you're going to see and talk to somebody and then yeah. you go through to another level and that's where it's wider and that's where they do the thing you don't see that yeah there's a uh not a blanket a um a curtain and and you're in this little wedged area and i'm i'm just i'm so anxious and, and terrified and these two nurses they were angels they just calmed me down and they're like stiff everything's gonna be fine it's okay donica comes out and calms me down again they do the yell what you call it and then i pass out i wake up a couple of hours later and it was like i was normal and really? yeah because round one i was out of it for two and a half days this one I just have to be a bit cautious. Yeah. But I'm actually hungry that evening. I then am surrounded by my family and we are talking away. And then Dunnaka comes in. I never forget, Dunnaka comes in after surgery and there's bits of blood on his uh, scrubs and you're just like, <laughs> like a beast. And he's like, Steve, that went well. And uh, yeah, I think we got most of it out we'll have to just do the LMRIs but um, I think you can go home in a day or two and uh, I'll talk to you tomorrow and I was like uh, okay yeah see like he sounds like another positive kind of influence and he obviously he was great at his job um, he was one of the best in uh, Ireland I think yeah, isn't he yeah well I, I was told you see this is the other thing too you know I mean the Irish healthcare system people have many different views on it I mm. never had health insurance because I thought I'll get that later. I'm young. Yeah. I'll get there that later. This, there, there you go. There's another important thing. That's why I'm talking about this stuff. And this is why I'm saying, well, I'm getting you to tell a story because it's important that I don't have it yet. And now I'm a father and I should be getting it, to be honest. Mm. Uh, I think Nadine has it, but I'm, I'm definitely going to be getting it. But I'm sorry. So go ahead. No. So you didn't have it. so I, I did not have it. And I remember, like, I know that might have been in the back of my mind of... Jesus. But here's the thing I, I feel with regards to the Irish health yeah. center care system. I don't know if it's the truth, but for me personally, if something is serious, serious, it's going to be looked after. Boom. No messing. I was dragged into that hospital. I was there for over two weeks and I went through two surgeries where I could have passed away. Mixed with it's so stiflingly hot in there. And I wanted to look because you after surgery, you there's a team of people that come to you. Yeah. And because I was out of it on, I think it was round one. I actually I used to be able to just sort of get up and go around. I remember being told by the nurse, she was like, Stephen, you have to get up and move because you haven't moved in two days. And I was like, OK, I'll try. I'll try. Mm. And I was shaking the uh, legs and whatever. But when these team members come in the morning. Uh, I was like, I don't want to look out of it. I want to look positive. So I was, I stood up, I was flicking my legs, trying to get life into them. I stood there and then I sat down and they were like, mm -hmm. yeah. other, other people weren't able to do that or they were like, I shag it, I'm not going to do it. I'm just going to be myself. Um, but I'll never forget then, later that day, or it might have been the following, I get up and I walk to the toilet and it's so hot. I to be safe, I sat down just to pee. Mm. I get up and it was like whoosh. 
and I thought I could hold on to a bar and I didn't and I dropped hard. I obviously had locked the toilet. Yeah. Four nurses come in, unlock it, get a um what's the, Yeah. Yeah. F- four ladies reef me up, throw me into that, and we're talking about uh 30, 40 feet, if that, to yeah. where my bed was. They bring me to that bed. They put me there. Don't move. And then from that day on, I had had a marker of not allowed leave uh, oh, no. a hospital or not leave past a certain section alone because yeah. of that. Uh, and I was very lucky that, you know, fresh wound, bones are broken, that I didn't smash myself Open. Yeah, oh my yeah. god! Anyway, even just remembering it, that it's was scary. it, was, it yeah. was surreal. And then these these ladies just come in, and they're like, it's like they're dealing with a little teddy bear. They just reef me up, out of it. It's like now when I say reef, as in I'm heavy at this stage, and yeah. I was much heavier back then. And these ladies, the four of them, are just like, get up, here we go, woof, bang, bring you to that bed safely, get you into the bed, steam, don't move, be safe, don't sorry. I was like, wow, okay. So sorry, uh, that oh. was anyway ra- round one, and then round two comes. Oh. Round two is very positive. Um, no, and then did I- they tell you beforehand? Sorry, before round two, I knew, I knew, I know a little bit about it, but I'll let you talk about it. But the, as they said, did they have to say to you after the surgery, you still have to go through radiation and chemo, or yes. were they hoping to get everything out? No, the, the, this this is basically a sort of. They they were always going to have to do radiation and chemo, possibly, yeah. and it, I I think it's also because of where my thing was. Okay, um, it was in such a sensitive area that we'll get as much as we can out, but after yes, that yes. we'll have to go. And here's the other thing I forgot to say: round two, it also was terrifying for me because you know me, I am a creative director. The vision. So visual is it's magical to me. It, yeah, I was given I was given a camera when I was a little baby, and I have loved taking photographs since then, which yeah. led to me seeing a certain film at the age four. Thank you, mom, which just ignited my love for filmmaking and stories. Um, I was told my peripheral vision might more than likely will be gone, yeah. and I remember looking out the window. And Donica is explaining to me, because of where they have to go now, peripheral vision is going to go. And I'm just like, oh, my God, what do you mean? It's, it's like, you know, you know, right? It'd be like saying we've been planning for two years and we're going out to shoot it in 235. And we shag it up and it's actually only going to be 180. Yeah, I get you. And, yeah. and we're losing a huge amount of what we thought we were going to see. I know. And I was like, I, I think that terrified me because... The eye, it's so no, it important. Is, it is. It's it's important to us all, but like it, it oh, was it just yeah. my important element, I suppose. I remember waking up because, like, I'm. That's why I was probably I, I was sincerely anxious with those nurses and team, and they were lovely to me. And then I wake up, and I remember I just start flicking my eyes as wide as I can, and I remember the thought of just like, I, I, I think I have, I think I have full vision. Oh my god. And I talked to Donica afterwards and he was and like, you, yeah. You had great vision as it was because you were 2020, remember? Yeah, I remember that. I went through an absolute headache of getting my uh, car license 
yeah. that I'll never forget the, the dialogue that I was slapped with by the man uh, the I'm not sure what the eye doctor's term and name is. Optician, thanks. He was like, you have better than 2020. Those little boards that that you can uh, read out, A, B, C, D, I supposedly got them all. And he's like, you're better than 2020. You don't have to, I'm not filling out this 10-year thing. He's like, come back to me in like 20 years or if you're getting a little twitch or something. That led to an absolute nightmare of trying to get a license because you have to actually state a minimum. And I was like, oh my God, but yeah, my eyes were really good. So I go and I wake up and my eyes are fine. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And Donica was really positive because none of that happened. And yeah, we got most of that out. But Steve, uh, we'll send you for another MRI or two and then what have you. So I go for them. I get out. I feel great, but I'm on pills uh, like Kepra as well. It's called. I can't remember what Kepra does. Though mm. Kepra is to avoid seizures and stuff. But however, fast forward, um, you go in for a little update. I think it was a week or two later and I went out with my dad and uh, I had been told that they were sending off basically what had been cut out, had to be gone and tested to see is this benign or malignant. Yeah. And I remember being told by Donica, no, this is uh, malignant and it's a, it's a stage two. This is after. Or, or Sorry, it's a benign. So it's it's a stage two, and he's like, it's basically in this weird level of, it's not really uh, dangerous, but it's not safe either. Of course, yeah. And I was like... How many stages what you, again? I, you see, I think I for think some was, of them, there are three five. to four. Oh, I, I, I don't, I don't know, but for, for, this, yeah. for this thing that I've got, it's, I think, three. You don't okay. go past three. Yeah, okay. Um, and... He was like, so you're not, you're not benign, you're not malignant. It's kind of like in between, right? And I was mm. like, okay. So he's like, so we are going to send you to radio and chemo. Yeah. And he goes, look, Stephen, uh, I'll be straight with you. Um, there's a strong chance, you know, we we haven't got. Uh, there is no known. 100% uh, treatment to get, rid of, yeah. to get rid of it, right? Completely. Just yeah. have to, we got to go for this. Yeah. More than likely, though, this will come back and it'll come back harder within three years. And he said, it's terrifying. you know, you're, you're, you know, you're whatever. Like, he basically tells me that uh, there's a, there's a very strong chance three, five, ten years, it'll be back and you'll, pass away it's awful and I never forget being told that and I'm sitting there with my dad and again Magda God bless her she's in work but she can't get time off or days off because they're such a small team yeah there's so many accounting things coming in she's not there and I just I'm with dad because we also just thought it was kind of like a hey how are you that went well two weeks fair play to you no I was told this and I was like Wow. So, actually, and I should talk a bit, but Bo, when you were going through those surgeries, I remember how well Magda was. She was like, like she was a superhero in my eyes because she used to go to work and then she used to cycle from work yeah. all the way to Beaumont every evening. Yeah. You and then cycle home and away. And the cycle was a good hour and a half, I think. Yeah. Like, that was two and back. She was, um, and she was such a solid rock for you. I'm so glad that she was in your life. 
Look, so am I, and I, I do have a laugh, but um, mm. I always like I have always had this feeling that I ne- getting married was never something that I needed to take or have children. Mm. Um, it was just it wasn't really something that was ever in the back of my head. And Maggie and I had been together a, a good few years at that stage. Yeah, I I I loved her anyway, and we there was a strong feeling that this this relationship it was very serious and. We, I think we knew that we were going to be together, but seeing her and just her saving my life because she was just like, as you just said, she was just there. Yeah. There were days where, you know, you're eating hospital food and it's grand. It's, it's great that you can get fed. She would come in with like special rolls that she was getting from somewhere else and she's cycling all the way with them and I'm having a coffee and a great roll with her and just... No, it's, it's, she, she she just helped me journey through this. And this is before um, you got married, so it's like it's it's like it's that expression that you always hear in marriage, you know, in sickness and in health. Yeah, and like you were in. I know she could have ran away. She could have been like, "Oh no, fucking way, am I marrying you?" Sorry. No, she's not that type of person. But I, look, this is how romantic I am. I ask, I ask her to marry me in hospital, <laughs> and. Uh, you know, well, uh, I'm a filmmaker. It, it wasn't really romantic or visually very engaging, but uh, I just she probably just said, "Let's get through the surgeries first, and then we'll talk." <laughs> she, oh well, look, I I never forget her. Just gone. I was like, look, I, you know, I, I can't even remember. You see, this is the thing. My memory. I honestly can't remember exactly what I said or how I said it. Yeah. But she was just like, yeah. And I was like, oh, oh okay. Yeah, no. It, I I had I had to start going through this thing to realize. I wanted to have her as my wife and never let go. Not that, you know, yeah, like relationships are relationships. They can change. They can go this way, that way. Yeah. But I was like, whatever about the, my dreams and, and the work that I love and that I want to do, I want, I, I want her and I need her and yeah. I, I cherish her even more today than I did yesterday because, no, she's wow. Quite, yeah, she's a, as I said, she is a superhero and she's, she's quite supportive in all aspects of your life. Which is good to have, and the mm. fact that she loves film and TV is just it's such an added bonus. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that that's that's what really kicked us off. That's another story altogether about yeah. the film Angel Heart. Now, the I'll worst first date you could stories. ever I'll, you could in- ever experience, and it it, it was nearly going to end until you know Angel Heart. Yeah. Oh, okay. You want to get a cocktail? <laughs> nearly a decade later, we're still together and married. But anyway, sorry, me. Uh, I'll, fa- I'll fast forward a bit more even just yeah. we're on the Magda point even when fast forward to a lovely wedding that you finally got to have last year mm. after all everything and I <laughs> it was one of those small weddings as yeah you, but it was so I, I was so delighted that we got to go to the wedding obviously but I wasn't sure people were saying speeches or anything but I didn't want to miss the opportunity no so you stood up in the middle of the afters uh, yeah and sorry anyone who's actually listening you need to know this we're having (laughs) dinner in a local restaurant we can't afford any of the big big wedding thing it was literally immediate family and best friends right (laughs) and then we're all like yeah uh let's sit down we're not going to do any speeches for a little while let's just have a chin wag and then all you hear is ring a ring ring it's like what and there's Dan, and you know Dan's going to do something because if Daniel Lloyd, anyone who knows him knows that the piss is going to be taken. And it, sometimes it's true, pure love. What well, are you yeah. ringing, Dan? Why are you standing, Dan? 
And then he gives this cracker of a little unexpected speech that we're all in bits, half laughing, half crying. It was gorgeous. Thanks. But I actually, I did feel bad then afterwards because when the proper speeches came, everybody, everybody would start their speech by saying, I just want to echo what Dan said. <laughs> yeah. I just want to echo what Dan said. I'd like yeah, to was... go with Dan said, so I really felt a bit. I didn't know. Mean... And also, no, I actually, it was great. Thing. I'm hoping, you... well, I'm actually going to bring it back up now, but yeah. I was late to the ceremony. And... Oh my God, you little banker. Yeah, we... sorry. <laughs> you, called um, out, you called me out as I walked oh, in and said, oh, oh yes, I did. You I'll help? never forget. Oh God, oh. you're so lucky I love you, man, because if I didn't love you, I would hate you. From that deck, we are standing around waiting in the registry office for Dan and Nadine. <laughs> well, now, Nadine, I ain't gonna say shit to you because you're pregnant and I have respect for you. But Dan, where are you? We're calling. Oh yeah, no, sorry. Uh, we took a few buses. Uh, we're... No, we'll be there. We'll be there. Everybody yeah. is sitting and waiting for about fifteen or more minutes past the time that we had said, and it's like, you know what? I think, I don't know if we agreed, look, go on, get started and we'll slide in because you only have a certain amount of time. I know, we actually, yeah, that's what You have half an hour usually. We took the lunch break time so that it wouldn't have to be rushed. Thank God we had that. Fair play to Magda on that decision. Yeah. But no. Um, what happens? Oh, I start... could have brought her up because you might have forgotten. Oh probably... no, I'll never forget that. And supposedly there's a photograph of me turning around and ripping the piss out of you. <laughs> but it also, like you having the speech at the little dinner, it just took the focus and put it on you. But it also just, ah, it just gave everyone a lovely energy. Yeah, well, I it was great. It was brilliant. Anyway, so we're well, fast forward to all the good stuff. Um, obviously, after uh, radiation and after chemo. The... Oh yeah, sorry. Just well, to give, to give you a quick on a that. About Obviously, you're going through this, so... Uh, yeah, look, I'll, tr- I'll try and keep it succinct, basically, yeah. right? You're told horrible things, but yeah. then Donica also says, you never know and don't give up, right? Yeah. you gotta, you got to stay positive. Absolutely. And if you stay positive, you're giving yourself the best chance. And I was like, okay. Mm. And, uh, and you were quite positive through all that. Like, I know well, your, I, your radiation, of course, was once every week, was it? Or once every month? No, radiation was once every day for six weeks. Once every day for six weeks, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, radiation, um, it came at a nice time of the year. But radiation is vicious because they put a mask over you and they have to basically mold it to your face shape. It was so tight because that thing that you spoke about earlier. Yeah. I had this like huge wad of fluid stuck on the side of my head, mm. which is almost like an extra one third of width. I yeah. looked, I looked like your man, the 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 possible elephant evil. Man. But, yeah, it's like <laughs> mixing elephant man with the kid from the Goonies that we think is a villain, but he's actually not. He's just sound. Yeah. yeah, mix the two of them together, and that's what my head looked like. <laughs> well, I looked I crazy. Yeah. And it was weird. In the, it was just this big wad of fluid. I was like, can I not just burst this? And I was like, I would never forget being told, no, it just takes time. It's the body keeping itself covered to heal itself. And I was like, right. It took donkeys. I was also told, okay, you go off to radio. To keep it short, you get the mask. The mask, I feel like I'm, you know, uh, science of the lambs times 100. This thing is wrapped over the head completely. <laughs> they bring you, oh, here's the best part. I'm addicted to hair. I've got a great head of hair. I have to say goodbye to that. Within a week, it's starting to grow back. I have this like real dangerous 
you know, George Michael in the mid nineties stubble <coughs> prime. My full beard, because I didn't trim it, I finally had a connecting mustache to the beard. I had wanted this for years. My beard was <laughs> slow as you know what. Didn't do it. I finally have this. I go into radio. This guy goes, now, Steve, uh, bit of bad news. He's holding a trimmer. I'm like, what is he going to trim here? It's a head thing. My head. He goes, the beard. A lot of That's people cool. don't like this, but we got to take the beard off. And I was like, are you for real, man? I've gone through two, two surgeries. I'm being told I could be dead tomorrow. Now I have to go through all this. I have a full beard. I love it. You're telling me you've got to take it off? Uh-huh. He's like, yeah. I was like, okay. Leave the goatee <laughs> and the mustache bit. I went around for a little porn star for that afternoon. It was disgusting. And when I got home, I had to get rid of it. So I, that's gone. Anyway, right, with the radio stuff, um, it's in a beautiful hospital that I didn't even know existed in Rathmines. I'm oh, sorry, Rathgar. Saint yeah, Luke's. I went there one day with you, I think. Well, yeah. two days with you, but I remember Saint, nice. Saint Luke's is hidden and it's 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 honestly one of the calmest, most beautiful areas, and you don't even know that you're going into a hospital. Yeah. Every single person that you meet there, from security to your team who's gonna treat you, are beautiful, lovely. And and some of the nurses had like real standout names. They weren't like Emma or Mary. They were, uh, oh God. Um, I can't remember them now, but thankfully yeah. they had really uh, memorable names so I could remember them. But there was a great energy, you know. They were just really positive, really lovely. And so that was for a month and a half. And that was horrible. Not horrible. Like it, radio is weird because you could be sitting waiting to go longer than the 15 minutes that you're going to get done. And yeah. you end up seeing similar people because it was every day at a certain time. Uh, you, don't have to, you don't have to tell us um, like each one, but walk us through one of them because not many people will know what would happen. Oh, okay. So, so you, again, you arrive, you arrive right? You got to sign in yeah. and, and you would get this little booklet. It was like um, a little... A diary booklet of you know the date, yeah. who you are, team member, and the time. And they asked me, you know, Stephen, where do you live, and what do you, you know, when would be good for you to come? And I was like, well, early is fine for me because I live about a half an hour stroll to you. It's like, oh, fine. Yeah. I was going in between nine and ten each day, apart from a handful. And you would go in, and then you would go. You put your card in a little slot box, and then you sit down and you wait. The quickest it was ever done was I was sitting there for about 15 minutes. Other times, and the average was about half an hour, 45, even sometimes up to about two hours. And then you go in, your mask is there, mm-hmm. and there's team members, and you all start to get to know each other. Like there was one girl who was cool. I used to, I brought, I made a mixtape because they would play the radio or they were playing like whatever CDs they had. I was like, yeah, sorry, girls. Any chance I could bring in a mixtape here? And they were like, yeah. I was like, oh, yes. So you know me, man. I have to go home. And half, three quarters of it is coming from soundtracks. Yeah. And then other faves. And that music is playing for the 15 to 20 minutes. And they were like, Jesus, Stephen, good playlist. I was like, thank you. appreciate it. You can keep that when we're all done. But uh, so you go, you sit down, and then you're wedged. You're basically told, sorry, can you move up a bit more? Can you move up a bit more? Can you? It, 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 you're basically told that a millimeter off 
is is not good. We're trying to get it exact every mm-hmm. time. So they would watch where you are. They would rest something under your legs. And then you're told, don't move. You get this mask over you, which because I have one third of my head is fluid, it feels like it's just going to explode. They ended up actually adjusting it so that I could, it would feel a bit better. Um, again, they just, they just do anything and everything for you. And I really just have to thank and dot my hat to them. And that's, that's anybody in any hospital area, but especially those that I have met through Beaumont, St. Luke's and back to Beaumont, like really just thank you. But I am, you go, you lie down and then you get, uh, the mask on and then you're told okay and then you get the little uh, remote it's like when you're going for an MRI this little beeper (laughs) and then you get pushed under another thing that's like an MRI but it's actually like this laser and they're told you have to keep you have to close your eyes keep them closed they actually cover them uh, because this thing could be blinding Um, and especially because it's the brain so then everyone leaves the room and you're like, well, where are you going? And they're like, no, we can't be in here with you. Of course. We, we're monitoring you and don't worry. Here's the remote. You squeeze that if you have any issues. And then you'd just be sitting there uh, or lying, I should say, and just don't move. Keep the eyes closed. And you would hear like, you don't hear it, but you can sense light, light. is, is changing. Mm. And so it starts off and you're like, wow, this is not too bad, actually. Um, But halfway through that, the hair starts falling out in patchiness. And I was told that that could happen. It could go really thin. Yeah. And then I was like, can I shave this again? And they were like, no, we'd like you to keep as much of that on as possible just for protection. Now, what it protected, I don't know. I looked like a crazy guy. (laughs) Fast forward. I always wanted to get a fedora. I always wanted to get maybe a Panama. I was like, <laughs> I got to go and get myself a good hat to keep this dodgy looking head covered in some way. So that's well, why I was going I around with the hat. Well, you have to excuse now. So <laughs> yeah. I do, I do. Um, so that was, but then that was, that was, that was, that was radiation. Yeah. And then radiation took a bit of a drop down because of, I think I was put on steroids. I was on steroids and then I dissipated off them. And then I was given a sudden level of steroids by someone and it was one week and I dropped, I was doing so well. And my mother-in-law, who I call Mamo, she had never left Poland, right? Mm. Give you a quickie on this one. She'd never left Poland. When she finds out about me, she's like, oh, Stephen, no, not the Magda goes over, <laughs> brings Mamo here to Ireland. She's never left on a plane. I would say some friends and Magda's siblings hate me because this woman did all that just to come and see this guy who wasn't even a son-in-law at this stage. But yeah. we just connected so well. I love, oh, I love Mamo. I love her from the day I met her. But she came over. Magda and I always say this when we reminisce on it. Mm. I would have been really shagged if she wasn't here because uh, I took a really strong dive down because I had been put on steroids for only a certain amount of time. And then you, you have to whittle off steroids. Yeah. What happened was I just dropped and I remember being absolutely out of it. I couldn't move. I could barely walk. And this woman was here and she was caring for me. And I was like, I, I, I honestly, I don't know what I would be like or what 
I would be able to do if she wasn't. Oh, that's lovely. And uh, I, I thanked her and, oh, anyway. So that was radio done. And then you're like, oh, okay, grand. Now we're in full summer. And then it's like, right, you're going to get chemo. And I was told, oh my God, chemo. Now, I've given bloods so many times because every time you get uh, every time you get radio, you give bloods. Mm. Every time you go and get an MRI, you have to be injected. And I hate needles. I might as well be an addict at this stage that needles have gone into me so much. And I still am like a baby getting the first one. <laughs> I start getting the hand sweats. I'm like, please, can you do... Now, when you get someone who's a pro... It's a you barely feel you're like I wish they were yeah. all like you you get the guy who gave me the first one my poor arm is black for two and a half months was that was, anyway was it easy enough from the find a vein or was it difficult all the time no it was easy I, I, I'm like I'm like a pure addict man I got this beautiful poppy baby who's was like <laughs> come on go for it supposedly I, I, I remember being told many times like Jesus you've got good veins there no no we'd be grand no correct me if I'm uh, wrong as well your chemotherapy mm. was tablets Yes. Which I've, I've never really heard of before, actually. Nor have I. And I remember being told I went to meet Oscar Brannock. Oh, sorry, I should say Claire Fall, Dr. Claire Fall. She was great. She was the radio yeah. uh, queen, king, chief. She was amazing. Oscar Brannock is who I met then for the chemo. And I was like, oh my God, why do I have to go and get this stuff? Because I think chemo, I think needles. And he goes, yeah, no, Steve, how are you? Uh, there's actually a tablet that we will give you for mm. this mm. Um, but what we'll also do as a bit of a safe bet is give you a little wash of chemo as well that was like I could spend the whole day in Beaumont waiting uh, to get what was I think a 20 minute drip system there were, there were people who for the 5 hours that I'm waiting to go in have been on and off or on sitting there watching TV or reading I'm just sitting around waiting to get in there and I go in, get my little 20 minutes, half an hour and then they go off and then the pills come and the pills were weird. I had to wear uh, gloves to take these pills because they could uh, not ignite, but you you had to keep bare skin off them. Mm. So they used to give me uh, these gloves. They gave me a wad of gloves to take these things and I had to take them at certain times to kind of try and keep it steady. And it was like, I think it was two a day. It was like morning and breakfast. And I'm still on Keppra and other pills. I was like an addict for pills. There was like, at one stage, I think there was eight plus pills. It was definitely in double digits. But when I was on treatments, it was like six to eight for a while, I think. And then that, it was like, oh, okay, this is fine. But then that ended up being a really heavy journey. I got blood clot. Um, I could not move. I couldn't, I I could not get to the hospital. My brother came and picked me up and brought me in. I went actually to uh, another doctor, not George. And he was like, no, it could be just, but maybe you're okay. Because George wasn't in that day. and. I was like, oh, okay, fine. And then they go and they check on me and they do another scan when I go for Beaumont. And they're like, no, you actually have a little tiny blood clot here. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't move. I would lie down on any side and it was like getting a knife in my uh, kidney. Exactly. Or not kidney, um, just open. Yeah, it was oh. yeah. Um, tiredness and also uh, 
forgetfulness and actually forgetfulness comes back to what Donica told me that the side that I have an issue with is where the memory, especially short term is. Yeah. I went through treatments and as you're going through all these treatments, I would get these different um, tests to see how the memory is. I had never gotten Mm. one back because I remember the last one I was on, I really lost my temper with this. uh, She was a student who was doing it for me. And it's not that I lost the temper, but she was just how she spoke to me. It upset me. And I was like, I don't know the answer. Can we just move on? Yeah. And I never got, yeah. yeah, I never got another one after that. And I was basically told I need to give myself time. But uh, chemo anyway, it was a month on and a month off because the body has to go through so much pain. Which uh, is tough what, because then your body's like kind of, you know, getting better from that month off. And yeah. then you're going back down again. So I say it is tough. Yeah, and well, how long was that period for? Okay, so it was a month on, month off for, I think it was basically, it should have been a year. I ended up getting speed bumps because of my blood they check your white cell levels and they test your blood before giving you a treatment that's why you're waiting around because they need to make sure you're safe yeah uh, there was a couple of times where no you're not so let's add a week add a week dosages had to be altered because my blood levels just went down so low i got like i would get so tired i would just be out of it and mm. also Mixed with what I told might be something is the short-term memory. It's like memento. I, I, I almost at one stage was thinking, I need a notebook. I'm not going to get tattoos because I don't want any. But I need a <laughs> notebook to remember things. Yeah. I just, they were gone. I know, which, which upset me actually um, when I used to meet up with you is because you were so, I could always have conversations with you about any film. I, I, didn't, I, wouldn't, oh, have to yeah. mention, I wouldn't have to mention the actor. I, I just mentioned like a brief a brief little outline of the story or, and you'd name the, you know, the film. If I named an actor, you'd name all that his films are in. Yeah. And it just, it shook me a little bit that when you couldn't remember some simple films that I know, you know, I know. And I didn't want to be on you going, Steve, you know this, you know this, you know, and because obviously that frustrates you because you can't remember. And it was upsetting me because I just know that, that like you are still you, but, all those memories that you had of knowing all this knowledge of films and uh, who was in which, like you still know it. It just it just takes a bit of time to get it out. Yeah. Oh yeah, like I just used to take for granted. I'd be able to tell you technical things, right. the running time, A B C D, and now I'd be going, oh, I know. And just I could be staring, looking at it. I might have looked at it two minutes ago. I still. It's the only time I got to beat you on a movie quiz. Yeah, I know you little. <laughs> oh, you shithead! But no, um, I shouldn't challenge you. Uh, it, um, it, 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 I was told, look, it would. You got to give it time. So look, chemo. It was a rough journey because of. Yeah. Oh, just you're up, down, up, down, up, down. And here's the other thing: I'm on steroids for so long, with, uh, because of the bad dosage. Mm. true radio I'm on steroids I really get ballooned as you said earlier and yeah. um, I'm very kind of now I was stocky anyway but I was very pudgy now you fast forward chemo mixed with let's alter the dosage that you're on of steroids mixed with x y and z I start mm. to just drop weight without even trying and yeah. I end up going so not like so thin or so light, but you're talking about me at one stage of my life. I was the best part of 19 and a half stone. Now, not when we met, that's me in yeah. late teens. 
You're a big fella, all right. And then <laughs> I'm in my prime and I'm thinking, oh, I'm grand. I'm like 15 and a half and there's a bit of muscle there. Any yeah. muscle that I had, gone. Mm. Any, any fat, it, phew, gone. That's what's awful about chemo. It just kind of eats away the body, which I is dr- so frustrating. I dropped down to just over 12 stuff. Like yeah. my, my, my family be looking at me going, Stephen, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, no, I'm fine. I'm eating. But it just. No, I know you're going through so much during the chemo, but I have to say that you, ne- you held such a brave face with me and with a lot of people I ah. talked to. Anyway. I, know, I know you didn't really have a brave face when you're around Magda, maybe, because obviously you're allowed to be, you know, what you're really going through with your family. And your, but towards me, you were always kept such a brave and positive outlook. And I well, thank well, you for doing that in a sense, because it made me feel more comfortable. I know that sounds selfish. But it made me feel more like happy that okay, he's got he's on the right path, he's getting better, he's staying positive, you know. Oh no, look, I mean one thing I remember was that during um right, uh, chemo, hmm. you, you see you are then MRI'd every month to see how or sorry, it was every I think it was every month and then it became every three months because they, they basically are monitoring to see how is it going? How is it doing? Yeah. yeah. And they, yeah. they're checking, they're checking. How is the treatment? How, everything is monitored, monitored 100%. Yes. I remember um, because it's like, you know, it's like when uh, someone that you love passes away, you have those different uh, emotions, stages. Yeah. Stages, uh-huh. Well, I, I was mid-treatment and I was really, I dropped because it was like, what am I going through? I'm, I'm, you know, on one level, you're being told you, you strong chance you're not making it to like 37, 40. You're no, like, yeah. And it's like I, always having that target on your head. And which... Yeah. And, and you're like, uh, I have passions. I have goals that I wish to achieve in life. And I was doing well. Yeah. I was actually finally, I seem to be on a road. That is what I had been trying to get after college and the recession and my mother's passing, which, you know, the whole concoction of that and me just being an emotional little wreckhead. I was like, where am I going? What am I doing? So I was, because the treatments became so painful at, at times now. Now, overall, not too bad. Like you're month on, you're month off and this, that and the other. And then you hit these speed bumps, cold hands, cold feet, memory, pretty poor. Like, I can't remember an awful lot of things from then in the sense of I used to be a very big reader. I was a big reader and uh, just mid-treatment, I, the focus just gone. Like I could be looking at a page for 20 minutes and it just, I can't remember what I read five minutes ago. Uh, So to try and help myself, what I was doing was I had I would go and through Audible because every month you've got a freebie. I would download the freebie of a book that I had or wanted to read, and I I yeah. read two or three books like this. One of which was Magda recommended to me. I can't even remember the title, and I can remember visually what I I I saw and felt in it. But I would literally, the only way that I could read that book is if, if I have somebody reading it to me via the audio book and I'm following the book with my eyes. So it kept me focused. Yeah. So I could actually get through it. Um, 
And that was just, that was one of the things. And one of the, the, I don't know if I said it or not, but one of the big elements, which I still experience today, but it was, it was so. Um... I know what you're going to say. It's about your anger and frustration that not remembering these things. <clears> yeah, that... I, 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 I was getting really frustrated with um, forget, for, just forgetting. Like I, I yeah. you, you tell me, um, you know, we're going to go and have this coffee uh, or not even something that simple. It, the, Look, I'm reading this book. As you said to me earlier, you know, forgetting things that I would remember. Uh, mm. Some memory elements are gone. And w- one of the things I did actually before my very first surgery, I had, there's a moment in my life that I cherished and I was terrified because I was told memory might be affected. Things that I remember uh, that I had in my life could be gone. I had a notebook, in said notebook, I wrote a, a brief version of my 21st birthday. My, that's your grandma. Because I never wanted to forget this, this moment in my life, yeah. which was my 21st took place literally uh, 10 days after my mother had suddenly passed away and had been buried. I cancelled the 21st. And I was just on autopilot over Christmas because it was just horrible. Mm. But on my 21st birthday, I was asked, what did I want to do? And I didn't want to do the part. I didn't want to do anything. And all I wanted to do was, I remember as a kid loving and still love Dunleary Pier. And I used to go there walking with my mom. But I remember mm. on my 21st, I said, guys, can we go there and then have dinner in this Italian restaurant that we used to go to a bit with mom? And that was what we did. But because we all came in different cars, I didn't want to walk without certain members of the family. And I've always been, I've been an uncle longer than I have not been. I've been an uncle since I was nine and I'm now 31. And my 21st was just dry. And I'll never forget. I really wanted my niece, goddaughter, Kate, to be there before we all walk the main route. And I remember being called and I look behind me and we're talking about 60 foot. And she is there and her father's walking with her and the. uh, She just starts running towards me and I go down onto my knees and I grab her and I lifted her up and held her. And that was just it made my 21st. Yeah, I know that's a Cause like, I even when my sister had her children and uh, my other sister started to have children, like those my nephews were so loving, like the so pure love and joy yeah. that they it was quite something. And, and so I can see where. And I did. I was like, okay, because it's not like you can sit there and write a whole diary, you know. I was like, yeah, I don't want to forget that because there's an awful lot in that moment. Because of you know my mom and my family, and when I woke up the yeah. next day, I remembered it, and I was like, "Oh my God, thank God I didn't lose it." But I, I didn't yeah, want to lose it. that. And then, and now it's recorded uh, on the Let's Get Andrews podcast. And then, yeah, thanks. <laughs> never and never be forgotten. <laughs> and I'll probably get slagged. On, I don't even know the word I'm oh, trying yeah. to say, but I'll get slapped and slagged out of that by her and others for life. But um, okay. yeah, but it, it, 
So let's talk about the good parts in the sense of now you're stopped radiation, you've stopped chemo. Mm. It's now just an annual checkup or a monthly checkup every six months. Is, is that? That that, is, that, that is something that keeps being altered. Basically, it was every six months and we yeah. keep checking. And then it became every four months because they, they update. And Donica went to some talk in the US that said, you know what, a better road to take is every four. And I got very okay. shocked because I thought, wait, I, I've gone from every three for a year to now every four. Why this? And it's like, look, there's nothing wrong. This is just the routine to make sure that if anything is found, we find it earlier. Fine, Grant. Yeah. After my last one, I was told you're at the point where you could definitely jump to every six months because, Stephen, everything has been steady. And I was like, wow. Because, yeah, it's, it's, it's a bit anxious, anxious and uh, nerve-wracking. Of course. And you, and you don't want to live the rest of your life knowing that. Yeah, because you, know, you, won't, you, with... you won't live. And and just one yeah, one thing exactly. that helped me was during my because you would you would go um, for a, you you go for a meet up with each member of any team that has assisted you, so you know all three, and I remember when treatments had finished, the memory mixed with as I said to you, uh, you know, the mood swings, I knew that I was yeah. getting. I was getting angry. I was getting upset. And I was asked how I was in St. Luke's. And I said, well, you know, this. And I was told, well, there is a, a, psych, a psycho, psychotherapist here if you'd like to. And I was like, well, yes, please. Now, I actually met one during treatment and it, it helped a bit. But afterwards, it was like when everything died down. It's like, the, you know, after the storm, it's calm. And then you get to really see how bad it was. I think I was actually yeah. worse. And I was very fortunate to meet um, a psychologist there, Isla. No, sorry. Ooh, she'll kill me. No. I was very <laughs> fortunate to meet a psychologist there. And she was just very gentle and helped me see things an awful lot. Uh, taught me and yeah. gave me advice on how to use a notebook and write, read, repeat to try and memory it. So some things do I do remember. Some things I have to go to the notebook for, and it yeah. could it and could be much worse. Doing, but one thing they're also doing as much as you can outside of surgeries and medication by just being a vegan. We are bodies a temple. Yeah, yeah. No, but, I, I I had such a huge sweet tooth as I said. Yeah. Yeah, like for this all to happen to you at such a young age, it's quite remarkable how well you dealt with it. I have to say, and. It's just—it's amazing to me how I just how simply you just simply you are the best. <laughs> <laughs> You're simply the best. Yep. Now, no. look, Dan, Dan. There's just two things, right? Yeah. It it comes down to. Uh, look, I'll, I'll give you what I got from Efric, the psychologist. Yeah. I was going through ups, downs, ins and outs, sads and whatever. And I was trying to figure out, like, I'm getting annoyed at my issues and whatever. Yeah. And then towards the end of that treatment, she goes, look, you're going to have to come up with something that will help you. And I was like, okay. And it just became, all right, then get busy living or get busy dying. 
<laughs> I knew you had to get you a know, line of a film. <laughs> I had to get a line in, but it's it's a brilliant line because it says it all. And and she was like, "Look, if that's if that sums up what I'm trying to give you and what will help you positively, go for it." And that's really how I've approached life, and it it says it all. It's it's a great film. We all know that. And if you haven't seen it, <laughs> go and watch the Shawshank Redemption. I know but, you're dying to talk about films, Steve. I, I am. just want no, to I'm, I'm just to talk about what happened to you. Well, I, promise, I know. I, I know. promise you. I'm, gonna I'm have sorry, Dan. I'm sorry. Ben, you can chat away about all the films you'd love about. And, but but basically, it, it's just that. It's uh, yeah, just stay po- as positive as you can. We all have ups and downs in life, but just get busy living. Don't be trying to focus on the bad. I have good days and bad days, and the further away I've gotten from the bomb uh, igniting the better I am. And then the other thing that I, you know, yeah, I it's my close friends, my close family, my immediate family mm. were brilliant to me. Like my dad was great. I, I stayed in, in with him for two weeks after getting out of the hospital yeah. because uh, just Magda was like, I want you to have someone that is 24 seven on you. Yeah, my dad she didn't had even... to walk. She had to mm. keep his, like a roof keep over the roof head. over her head yeah, yeah. exactly and my dad didn't even have to let her finish the question of will you he's like yep no problem yeah my dad was great and 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 was and has been and my siblings and then it also just shows you as well some people might see it as you know a poor way to look at things but it also shows you who really you have a true relationship with or true friends yeah. and you being one of them, like when some, I know some people, they don't, they won't know what to say and they'd be like, Oh God, I won't say anything. Yeah. And we all know, you know, of uh, events, we, I will give it a bit of time and a bit of time becomes more time becomes, Oh yeah. Have you know what? I'm better off saying there, nothing blah, now. Blah, blah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Then I have people like you who finds out and calls. Yeah. And that, that takes a lot. I'm I know not... you're going to say, oh, no, because you're the one who was sick. Yeah. I don't know what I'd feel like if I had to call you. Yeah, no, true. Because a lot of people get texts like uh, bad news and they just respond in a text because they, they see, all right, he's texting me or she's texting me. So I better text them back to say, I'm thinking of them, you know, but I, I, just, I couldn't just do that in text because I just wanted to, I wanted to find out where exactly you were and kind of come visit straight away. <laughs> Yeah. I know, I know. So um, that was uh, but I, I like it doesn't discriminate this disease. You know, anybody can get it. That's why I wanted like people to realize that. Yeah, as you said, get busy living or get busy dying. You know. Yeah. But, uh, and that's look. It's 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 one of those things that I'm just glad you shared it with me and well I, like, I kind of know the story obviously but I wanted you to tell me again and I wanted it to be recorded just down because it is important for people to listen to it and realise that you know life is for don't take life for granted really and it does, yeah. if you're having a bad day because you caught your finger in the cupboard or you missed a meeting or you did something silly or you Drop something on your toe outside of work, or anything, something small, like you know what I mean. Yeah, just just see the bigger picture in life. You know, you could get a diagnosis like yourself, and then suddenly you have to, your whole world turns upside down. 
and then you have to make positives out of that and you have and i'm thankful that you're health happy and healthy at the moment and you will stay like that i'm i'm like i'm 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 nearly sh- like i'm praying that it all stays safe and i know you do too and i think it will um we've just put that positive energy out there and it's just gonna happen and yeah well that's a that's what life mm. i know we all have our ups and downs but you said it positive energy mm. it it helps us all yeah exactly and I appreciate you coming on. <laughs> Thanks so much, Ray, for like sharing it. I know like you probably went through the story with a few people and you went through it over again. And you probably remember things tomorrow that you may want to share it again or uh, come back to something. And that's fine. I'll have you on any time. You know, you're always welcome on. Let's get dangerous. Don't I appreciate that. it. <laughs> I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if, if poor listeners are going to say, I'll never have this guy on again. What an absolute downer, Dan. Yeah, I they won't. Well, well, I will finish off, actually, by yeah. giving you the James Lipton questionnaire. How about that? Oh, okay. Okay. So, All right, go on. So the question one, what is your favourite word? Um, question. Too much silence there, Steve. I question. I can't edit that there. <laughs> well, excuse me, but that's a big question. So, I know. question. Question is your favourite word. Okay. Mm. That's quite philosophical. Uh, what is your least favourite word? No. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, what turns you on creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? I know this straight away. Uh, like, s- strong images. Um, by that I mean you see like with your own eyes or even a photo or a video yeah. something beautiful whether it be a close up of a snail that's just caught at a right time or you're seeing a, a beautiful <laughs> vis <laughs> a beautiful the close vis- up of a snail of all analogies or a macro an, shot of a snail <laughs> or, an, or an extreme wide okay. of a vista that's just stunning, ocean and nature, oh, or just something that's beautiful. Complete polar it, opposites. Something really, yeah, tiny, like a and yeah. What exactly? Yeah, I get you. If, okay, that's yeah. Okay, that's a good one. What turns you off? What annoys you? Um, people what? interrupting you. <laughs> oh, yeah. That actually, yeah, that does get me, and I have to hold a deep breath. <laughs> but no, I, I suppose uh, people are. Uh, what's the word? Um, people turn you off. Just no, no. Uh, what turns me off? Oh my god! Hang on, sorry. Something, there's certainly something that annoys you. I know that, and like, it's the thing that I said. I think when people interrupt you. That really annoys you. You've often got upset at me. I, I, you know, and I'm sorry because old Steve would just hold it in, <laughs> but new new Steve finds it hard to hold that in, and he can just lose it. Oh, uh, right. But it's 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 more. Uh, Somebody chewing. Oh god! Anybody chewing? Huh? Chewing around you? Eat chewing with their mouth open? Sneezing? Oh yeah, I, I, I hate I hate people chewing, chewing. with their mouth okay. wide open. All right. Okay. Uh, so, what is your favorite course word? Uh, bollocks <laughs> that's a nice one what sound or noise do you love ocean 
Oh, good one. That's one of mine. Uh, what sound or noise do you hate? Like a screeching scream that like you can just feel a blade going into your ear. Oh, uh, yeah. Mine, mine's um, part of the star. You know when it rubs off each other? Yeah. You know white stuff that comes in packages? Yeah. When that rubs off each other, oh, it's the, the noise is fucking kills me. Uh, what profession, other than your own, would you like to attempt? So... Like, so let's just say you, you're making films. Mm-hmm. So what, other than that, what would you like to do? Uh, I, I was always interested in psychology, but for me, it's my other arena that I absolutely love, and that would be a stylist. Sto- fashion stylist. Yeah, nah, but, but there's, there's the difference absolutely. between fashion and style. Okay, and... oh, there you go. I'll bring it on for the <laughs> fashion and style segment eventually. <laughs> Uh, number nine then what profession would you not like to do what's uh, your least favorite I, I, uh, like a, a doctor or a surgeon I, I just couldn't I couldn't really? do okay. what they do and just then go home and switch off I have it bad enough on a project switching off I think you have to though I think you, you, you actually I think that's part of being a doctor you need to be able to switch off yeah you know? exactly and I know I, I, I'm not a switcher offer yeah, okay. All right. All right, and then the last one, uh if heaven is if heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say to you when you arrive at the pearly gates? Uh your mom, she's over here. You know, I fucking knew you were going to say that. I knew you were going to say that. That's great. I love that one. Fair play. To All right, great. That's a James Lipton questionnaire. No, I enjoyed that. that. I know, good man. I appreciate. It. I'm going to have you on a lot more, obviously. Um <clears throat> So don't worry about that. And we'll talk about more in depth about films. I'm glad you shared a little bit of your story of what you went through recently. And, and, and I'm, everybody's, everybody's um, happy to hear that you're much healthier now and you're on the right path. Um, you don't have to stick to, to the vegan. And you don't have to oh, here we go. It's like talking to my dad. <laughs> you know, you can have an odd burger. You I know. And you, you know, I was a slut for a good burger. You love the burger, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. There was one stage, all right. Steve used to eat pizzas, and he used to not like cheese. Oh, yeah. So he, he used to take the cheese off. <laughs> you had to, you had to go and cheese. tell them that, did you? Oh, <laughs> and then he, then he decided he liked cheese, and then he loved the cheese I pizza. Did, yeah. And now, now he's back to not having anything. No, I'm sure. now it's all about not cheese. The pita bread with a bit of tomato ketchup. <laughs> you probably. You're probably not even allowed to make ketchup, man. I am, but I, I I just watch the amount of sugar that goes in there, man. Okay, no, no, you're good. You're being, you're, body is you a said, temple, your body, Dan. Your body's a temple, exactly. Yeah. Right, I could talk, you know I could talk to you all day. I know. All night, I know. And I've already, we've already gone past an hour, and the show is only meant to be an hour. And I had to get my other segments in. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> I, God, he's only so, got two episodes already. He's bursting into about 90 minutes. Yeah, exactly. They'd be like, what is he rambled on for for two hours? Well, there's no rambling on. You're very elegant telling us that story, so I appreciate it. And I think people would be interested in listening to it. Uh, I know I am, and I'm sure your family and friends would like to know it as well. Well, I, I, I only apologise if I bore them out of it, but I thank you, bro, for just talking to me. No, Jesus, don't be silly. And you haven't bored anybody. And I'm sure people will get in touch. If they want to get in touch and let uh, anybody gone through a story like that and let us know, sure, we'll listen to it. Um, I, I like that read about other people's events like that has happened to them, and, and I'm sure Steve would too. Yeah, yeah. And also, 
you know, I I don't know if you remember this, but you did say to me, um, it was after your second surgery that you said, I'm going to beat this, Dan. And when I do beat it, I'm going to go around and tell people my story. Well, I don't know if I, I can't remember if I said that, but uh, it sounds like yeah. something I would because I'm uh, a bit of a yapper. But, yeah. uh, and, uh, and, like, and you kind of have now, so yeah. don't worry about it. And, and again, we'll have you on for more fun, lighthearted segments. But again, this was lighthearted in the sense of, you know, it's it's a good it's a good ending because you got through it and you got through it with the love of your family, and your friends, and the strong will power that you have within yourself, and it was always been there. And your mom would have been so proud of you too, and she know I know she was willing you on as well, and I hope you felt that. To yeah, get better, I did. I did. You know? All right. All right, bro. So you're a good. You're a good friend. You're a good friend forever. Um. And we will talk again. All right, buddy. All right, bud. Take it easy. And, um, sure, I'll, I'm not going to send you the recording until after the show airs, so you're going to have to show. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Brilliant. So I'm just going to vomit for the next little while. <laughs> <laughs> You'll have to wait until the show airs. Uh, you can share around with me. Get a few more listeners from me. Oh, right? yeah. I'm going to go and share my own story. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I'll share it for you. All right. Good man. Thanks so much, Steve. No bother. See you, Dan. Bye-bye. Love you, baby. Love you too, babe. Yes, don't adjust your listening device. You did hear me call him baby and him call me baby back. Or babe, I think he said that time. <laughs> but as I said, that's a line from a film um, that the main character uses with his best friend in the film. So we just do it all the time and we get away with it, I think. As I said, if I said that to any of my mates, they'll probably hang me out to dry. They probably won't be, be my friend anymore or else just may punch me straight in the face. Um, but I might try it with them and <laughs> see what they say. But uh, that was a good talk. I enjoyed talking to Steve there. Um, I hope you did too. We went a little bit over the time that I probably thought in my head that we'd spend talking on it. But, I, but honestly, I could talk to that man for hours. And... Um, if you stuck with us, um, I hope you found got took something from it. And if you didn't, well then, I'm sorry, I suppose. <laughs> but I think you would have took something from it. I've listened to stuff like this before through, like Joe Rogan's had people on who went through some stuff. And it's interesting to know, like, it's things happen in life that you need to kind of, you, sometimes you need to get rolled with the punches. And as Steve said from Shawshank Redemption, get busy living. Get busy dying. And that was a really bad Morgan Freeman impression. <laughs> I was trying my best, but uh, get busy living or get busy dying. That's even worse. Um, sorry about this. <laughs> so um, this episode's going to run a little longer than I expected to run. My dad will give out to me again. He said maybe keep him short, but uh, I can't. I can't cut an interview short. I can't. And I don't. I didn't want to, and I didn't want to do part one of the interview and part two so um i just had to keep it going as it was so it's the interviews in there as it is so next up we'll have some interesting facts and i'll review last week's interesting facts so play that jingle dan
Would you rather this? Would you rather that? It's quizzes and interesting facts. There's that fantastic jingle again. Again, if there's any musicians out there who would like to make jingles or intros for me, um, I'd be gratefully appreciated. And like, you know, just get in touch. You know, if you're even any type of musician um, or singer out there who would like to get in touch, please get in touch and make me some jingles. I'd love it. And I'll play them obviously on the air. So we go through last week's facts or fictions. Now, a lot of people emailed or texted me in, and most of them got them right. So you'd be very happy to know. So I won't go through everybody who got it right. But let's go through the facts um, or fictions. Uh, giraffes, Giraffes have twice as many bones in their necks as humans. That's false, actually. They have the same number of bones in their neck as a human, which is quite crazy, to be honest. That's one large bone, so... Uh, the next one then, it takes seven years to digest chewing gum. That is false. Most people think, I even thought it was true. But um, gum will usually pass through your system in seven days. The last one was, Char- oh, sorry, the second last one was Charlie Chaplin once lost a Charlie Chaplin lookalike contest. That is a fact. He did indeed. He came toward in the competition. And then just like fingerprints, everyone has a unique tongue print. That is true, which would make sense. Um, so that is fact. So that was fact or fiction from last week. I'm going to give four more for this week. So are these facts or are they fiction? You tell me. I might say true or false again by accident, but I mean fact or fiction, fact or fiction, fact or fiction, fact or fiction. <laughs> so the first one, woolly mammoths were still walking the earth when the Great Pyramid was built. Is that a fact or is that fiction? Next one. There are more airplanes in the ocean than there are submarines. Now, I think my dad would know that one. My dad (laughs) knows everything there is to know about airplane crashes. He watches those documentaries about how an airplane crashed. So he'd start the episode and he'd know straight away how that airplane crashed. So he might know that one. But are there more airplanes in the ocean than there are submarines? Fact or fiction? And then we have the Force Roman chariots were powered by sails. The Force Roman chariots were powered by sails. Now, I'm going to admit that when I, I, I picked this fact because I I realized, I, I realized I'm saying the correct word now, but when I picked the fact, I thought it was the Force Roman chariots were powered by snails. I said, that's hilarious. I wonder if people would think that's true or false. But actually, it is the Force Roman chariots were powered by sails. Is that a fact or fiction? And then the last one, the phrase live long and prosper was originally coined by Queen Victoria. Is that a fact or fiction? Is it true or false? Mm. Live long and prosper. As we all know, that's a quite well-known saying for all my sci-fi friends out there. Oh, I will have a sci-fi segment soon enough as well, because I have a few good few friends who are big sci-fi geeks. Geeks, like geeks, not an offensive term because I call myself a geek. I love sci-fi. Um, I'm a Star Trek: The Next Generation man all the way though. We'll talk about that later in maybe Dan's top ten. But I am a big Star Trek: The Next Generation fan, 
So I might have somebody who's uh, on who is not the Star Trek, is a Star Trek fan, but she is actually more than the Deep Space Nine. So Sinead Duffy, I'm calling you out now on the podcast. You have to come on, we'll argue, we'll debate this. Which is better, Star Trek The Next Generation or Deep Space Nine? We all know what the answer is, to be honest. So that was this week's Facts or Fiction. I know, I know, I know this episode is running extra long. Apologies. Well, here we go with Dan's top 10 in 10. So 10 minutes to give you my top 10. These top 10 are going to be recent shows that I've watched or I'm telling people to watch because they're out now or they've just been released or they already came out last year and so they're in the news or else they're only just been out. So I just want people to either give them a shot or I'm just going to tell them what I think. Of. Here's my top 10 in any order. So let's go without wasting any more time. Let's go. Stop rambling on, Dan. Okay, here we go. Top 10 in 10. Number one. Normal people. Don't forget, it's in any order. I have normal people on the list because I know a lot of people who worked in the show. Great people of mine, great friends of mine. And it's shot in Ireland. It's beautifully shot, superbly acted um, or performed. And it's just, no, I would, I would recommend binging it though. Like, go, go quick with the episodes. Um, I couldn't wait every week for it. So I caught on. The BBC iPlayer, I think it was. I think it came out on that first before RTE. So catch that. Normal people. It's good. Um, people getting a bit offensive over it. It's not nothing to do with offensive. I'm not going to keep rambling on about normal people. I've only got 10 minutes, 10 and 10. So the next one is going to be The Last Dance. It's a Michael Jordan documentary. Well, it's not really. It's about the Chicago Bulls. But it's mainly about Michael Jordan. It's amazing. It's an amazing watch. I'm not a basketball fan. I am now a basketball fan. When the NBA comes back, I want to watch it. I went down a rabbit hole of basketball stuff when I watched this documentary. It was a great, it's great shot, amazingly. And Michael Jordan is is the go. He is amazing at basketball, but also the fact that he was just so iconic without the means of all this social media like Twitter or Instagram or Facebook or podcasting. And, and he became so iconic. It's truly amazing. The next one is, I'm currently watching it. I have two episodes left. It's Little Fires Everywhere. Um, it's brilliant. It's really good. It's like a drama series. Um, it's only in eight episodes. Reese Witherspoon, it's her production company. She's made a few shows. Uh, obviously, Big Little Lies or Big Little Lies. Oh, I should have got my facts straight. But you know what I'm talking about. Um, big cast in it. Won uh, Emmy Awards. Now the big uh, little forest everywhere. It's quite like it's like a set in a small town called Shaker in Ohio, and it's about it's it's hard to explain, but it's about motherhood and it's about friendship and it's it's kind of it reminds me a little bit about Desperate Housewives the fourth season because you know every episode kind of ends in a little bit of a cliffhanger or a little bit of a mystery and it is kind of a mystery. Um, so watch that. Little Fires Everywhere. I think it's on Amazon. Um, the new, the next one is a sci-fi show. As I said, I'm a big sci-fi geek. But The Orville, it's on its third season. Well, it's making its third season now. But go back. Watch season one. Watch season two. It's, it's, it's pure magic. It's Star Trek The Next Generation meets a sitcom. Um, but like it's not. It's more like it's dramatized. But there's a good, lot of comedy elements in it. 
where it's really good. It's really shot well. It's uh, the visual effects are amazing in it. Uh, Seth MacFarlane is a, another hero of mine. He's made Family Guy, obviously. He's made other um, Ted, Little um, Million Ways to Die in the West, and he's a and he's actually a great singer composer. And the music in this show is amazing as well. The soundtrack is great, and it's just. It annoys me a little bit because I did years ago have a sitcom idea of like being like the next generation, but a sitcom, like Star Trek in space, but sitcom wise. And this is it. This is it. They made it before I could. It's the Orville. Catch it up now before season three comes out. Season three is going straight to Hulu as well. All those American listeners. So I don't know when we'll get it in Ireland. The next one is um, I watched it a while back. It came new to Netflix. It's a documentary. I just love all this kind of cringe-worthy TV, but love is blind. Is love blind? Well, you have to watch the show to find out. So the concept of the show is simple. Um, well, I say simple, but it's basically 12, strange, 12 men, 12 women, complete strangers. They meet in pods. They don't see each other. They talk to each other, um, and they tell each other about their life and who they are, but don't mention at all what they look like or um, any kind of things to give away, that type of stuff. And then the people who fall in love without seeing each other, they propose and then it follows them to an island and then it goes um, so they can kind of maybe seal the deal of the whole relationship. <laughs> and then after that, it goes around and follows them for the build-up to the wedding. And then at the wedding, I didn't realise this, but they either say no or yes at the wedding. So... Like, even when you get to the stage to go through the whole ceremony, all their friends and family are at the ceremony and they're both at the altar. And um, the fella and our girl, one of them at one stage can tell them they don't want to marry them. Um, and it's just so cringeworthy. It's amazing. Uh, the next show is, I'm running out of time here, uh, it's Watchmen. So uh, Watchmen, it's a mini-series. Uh, there's talk about maybe they're doing a second season. I don't care if they don't because this four season is amazing and it's it's a good on its own. I think it's only nine episodes. Kind of quote, don't quote me on that. It's kind of um, a sequel to the film. So if you watch the film Watchmen, uh, you should definitely watch the series. And if you've read the graphic novel, definitely watch the series. You have a lot of uh, Easter eggs in the in the series itself. Um, it's a great watch. Uh, supremely acted. I'm saying a lot of the same stuff again, supremely active and uh, shot well and all that type of stuff, but it is amazing and it's really good. Really good. Really, really pretty, pretty, pretty good. Um, so I want to keep going to the other ones because I want to get my honourable mentions in there as well. So the next one is, I've only, I'm only three episodes in, but it's another Amazon Prime one. It's went straight to Amazon. It's upload. So the this quick premise of the show is basically... Um, there's a device out there, well, uh, a programming, so your head gets chopped off and it gets programmed into a machine. And then the machine is a virtual reality world. And that's where you die. That's like a version of heaven. And you can, but then in heaven, like you're still buying apps and you're still buying purchases. Like your man's young, he gets in a car crash, he has either an option to upload or it doesn't, this is no spoiler really, it happens in the first five minutes, but either go to surgery or get uploaded because you, you can only upload a real life body that's alive into this um, up there in the cloud, let's say, um, virtual cloud, cloud. And it's a bit of a mystery too. 
um, because obviously he is a programmer, but I won't get into too much detail, but it seems good and I'm enjoying it at the moment. So upload. Next one is, I've only started as well, Space Force. Two episodes in. The second episode, I was fucking laughing my ass off at it. It was brilliant. Steve Carell, he can't do anything wrong. Wrote by Greg Daniels, actually, who wrote Upload as well. Greg Daniels is a writer who worked on Simpsons and uh, The Office, and now he has two shows out at the moment, actually, so Upload and Space Force. So Space Force, it's, again, set in the modern day. It's happening in America. There is a space program, and this is Steve Carell's running. Big cast in it. Lisa Kudrow, John Malkovich, the late, great Fred Willard is in it. He plays Steve Carell's dad. It's really good, really enjoyable. I would recommend you start on Space Force. It's Netflix. All the episodes are up there. Next one I'm going to talk about is, because season three only recently came out, it's Ozark. If you haven't watched Ozark, get on it now. It's amazing. Again, I have to say, but Jason Bateman is an amazing actor. He's, he's so good in this. Uh, it's truly, truly remarkable. And he doesn't do like a high range. He's actually so calm in the show, but he's just amazing in it. And the whole cast is amazing. And go back, watch season one, watch season two. Season three ends in a cliffhanger. They are going to end in cliffhangers every episode, but get it on it. Oh, I'm running out of time. i got to go through Star Trek. The next one, Star Trek, Picard. Amazing. It's a sequel to Star Trek The Next Generation, Picard's show. It's all about John Luke Picard, Patrick Stewart. Watch it, Star Trek. How could you not enjoy it? It's amazing. We have all our old favorites. Some of our old favorites are in it from the next generation and Deep Space Nine. So check it out, Star Trek, Picard. Um, my honorable mentions that I haven't mentioned was uh, Mystic Quest, Raven's Banquet. Um, it's created by It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia creator Rob Mack. Uh, the Morning Show. Again, Reese Witherspoon is amazing. How young she looks at this compared to Little Fires Everywhere is truly remarkable. And Rick and Morty, the new season's coming out. Catch up on all the old ones. You've got to watch them. It's amazing. Black Mirror, you can watch that anytime you want. It's amazing. Um, and keep saying it's amazing, but these are shows that are great. Watch them now. Tiger King, the documentary. Bad news. Carol Baskin. Oh, actually, it's a spoiler alert. I won't mention it. I'm running out of 10 seconds. All those honorable mentions, I'll talk about them again. Watch the shows I've talked about. They're truly great and amazing. That's not... That's 10. 10. We're past 10 now. We're past the 10 minutes. There we go, folks. Watch them. Enjoy. And I'll see you on the last part of episode three of Let's Get Dangerous. Thanks for being with me. We did it. We got there in the end. This is the end of episode three of Let's Get Dangerous. I can't thank you enough for being staying with me or listening into me. Much appreciated. I know I went a lot longer than my usual episodes, and I've been told I had to cut down the episodes as it is. Um, but I just couldn't stop an interview midway, and I didn't want to stop an interview midway. And I wanted Steve to, as he was talking in a rhythm, to keep going on because I didn't want him to stop lose his train of thought or lose what he wanted to uh, accomplish and um, what I wanted him to accomplish. And um, I, if you're stuck with me, I do appreciate it. I hope you don't re realize that maybe you could have binged on those shows I mentioned in Dan's Top 10 or you could have watched the film um, by the time you listen to this podcast. But uh, hopefully you're just having a jog or you're just going to bed at night and you have it on, you're listening away. 
So I appreciate you all listening in. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Please, you could like and subscribe to the podcast itself or all my like and follow my Facebook page, my Instagram, my Twitter, um, just to kind of grow the page and get more listeners. I, I, I would appreciate your help in that. And I'm going to keep going. As I said, I, I I wanted to have the regular segment in. That's why it's gone a little bit longer. There was other, there was other stuff I wanted to do in this episode. I didn't think Steve's interview would have went as long as I had originally scheduled, but I wanted to keep it all in. As I said, he's a good friend of mine and I wanted uh, his story to be told because it is important because it, it could happen to any of us and it could happen. It happened to him. It could happen to me. It could happen to anybody. It doesn't discriminate any disease. They don't discriminate, unfortunately. Um, so live in the moment and thank you for listening. As I said, I won't keep you too longer because obviously I'm past the two hour mark. Can you believe it? Well, I can't believe it because I fucking made the show and I probably could have cut it down, but I haven't. So thank you for listening in. If you're forward through certain parts, that's fine. So you'll probably just listen to the end part, the start part, the end part. Uh, but you missed some good, good content in the middle. You know, honestly did. So maybe go back. Maybe have a little listen again. We'll see. Well, I'll see you on episode four. Uh, if you want, if you want to talk, talk to me. If you, any more suggestions on how to, I can make the podcast better or improve it, get them in. I honestly take all feedback, so I do appreciate it. And I have been doing slight changes. I've been trying to get better, uh, not doing all these gaps. And I know I've already started to create a gap as I say this, but I'm going to keep getting better i promise you and i'll have content and content on top of content i'll have more interviews with more people i have a few people lined up for next week i'm hoping they'll get in touch and i'll let, um, get in, get them on and i'll have their regulars our regular segments as usual so cheers again much appreciated and you know just be nice to one another um as i said at the start of the show the world is going through a lot at the moment not just a pandemic it's with the um obviously what happened all in america it's it touched on at the start of the show i'm probably not the best to be talking about all this stuff because i suppose i have lived a white privileged life um but you know a lot of a lot of people in the world have and they don't, probably don't see certain aspects to it um as much as a black person living in ireland or america or all over the world will see it. But I, I sympathize and uh, we all do. Um, I know all my friends do and my family do as well. So listen, thanks. I won't ke- I'll keep rambling on now. I better not keep rambling on. <laughs> ramble, ramble, ramble. Ramble, ramble, ramble. But thanks again for listening in. Any suggestions about how we want to improve it, get in touch. Um, like, subscribe, all that stuff. And I'll see you on next week's show. So that's it. Yeah, past two hours. Thanks for being with me. I'm going to stop talking right now. What did you think I did? No, (laughs) I'm not joking. I really am going to stop talking right about now. I got you again. I got you again. I bet you I got you again. I said, that was it. That was it. Are you still listening in? I want to know. No, but that's honestly, that's this last one. Like, third time, the charm. Third time, done. I'm going to stop talking when I finish this sentence. (laughs) Sorry, I had to do it one more time. I just... (laughs)
Well, that was the last time, I promise you. Thanks again, folks. I'll see you on episode four. Oh, I still did. I still couldn't do it. I said, <laughs> you hit the stop button. It would have been funny. Oh, but okay. No, this is honestly it. This is, I promise you, this is the end of episode three. We're not going into episode four just yet. This is episode three. This is the end. I'm going to finish right now. Uh, I'm going to do a countdown. And then it starts the end of the episode. So three, two, one. No, see, I didn't play. <laughs> I didn't end. I didn't end. I'm actually, I'm actually making you listen to more. Can you believe it? Can you believe I've actually made you listen to more? I feel like Andy Kaufman. Uh, anybody know Andy Kaufman? He's a funny comedian who was um, Jim Carrey played him in a film called The Last. Uh, oh, sorry, Man on the Moon. Uh, it's a he's a great comedian who used to do these pranks on people. Um, so I'm actually kind of felt a little bit Andy Kaufman esque there as I was pranking you guys. We thought is the end of the. I see, end of the show, end of the show. <laughs> that was another Andy Kaufman thing. You were like, oh, is this working? Is this working? All right, honestly, but thanks again from the bottom of my heart for listening, listening to me ramble on. And I won't keep it. I promise you, this is the end. This, I promise you, this, this is a proper pinky swear. Grab the two pinkies, hold them together. I'm doing that right now. If you can figuratively, well, figuratively, if you, I'm literally doing it. But in your mind, imagine me holding my two hands together by my pinkies. And I'm pinky swearing to you guys that this is the end of episode three. Thank you very much for listening. <laughs>